Hello, it is Tuesday, August 17th. Big show, big show. Dana Shlovsky, Tommy Kern, AJ Hawk, the boys, good conversation, good times. We're getting closer and closer to the season and SummerSlam this weekend, party of the summer. Let's enjoy the hell out of this life. We appreciate you for listening. If you enjoy this show by the end of it, please be a friend and tell a friend. If not, just act like it never happened. Let's go. Speaking of controversies, though, and I hate to lead the show off with something that's so damn negative. I didn't want to do it. I woke up this morning thinking, you know what? I'm going to have the greatest Tuesday in the history of Tuesdays. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Now, it might be impossible because this is not a particular Aaron Rodgers Tuesday. And during regular season, there's Aaron Rodgers Tuesdays. But I was obviously going, aside from Aaron Rodgers Tuesdays, this Tuesday was going to be the greatest Tuesday of all time. Felt like the weather was good. There was a little bit of fog, actually. Yeah, yeah. Felt a little gloomy, doomy. But that means the sun wasn't pounding me right in my face for some bit. I mean, I was enjoying my Tuesday. Had a nice Gatorade Zero to start the day. Let me go ahead and hydrate. Had a nice boxing match in the endurance mode. Two of them, actually, in the Oculus. Knocked a couple people out. Took a great shit. Had an incredible shower. Got a chance to kiss my wife. Had a beautiful kiss. Hopped in the car. Drove. There was no traffic. Hit every green light. Oh, Oh, come on. That's the type of Tuesday I was having. I was excited to go on and continue to have a great Tuesday. And then bad news dropped into my timeline. Oh, no. It is with heavy hearts that we announce that the... Timmy Tebow tight end era in Jacksonville is over. No! We could have never seen this coming. Whenever we saw the initial photos of him in the Jacksonville Jaguar uniform, walking out with his gloves in practice, we saw a guy whose biceps look bigger than anybody else in the NFL. When Urban Meyer was talking about the workouts and the tryouts that Tebow had with the Jacksonville Jaguars, he said from the first workout, they told him to work on some things. By the second one and third one, he was unbelievable. We had to sign him. Yeah. Urban said he wasn't even there, even though they're neighbors down in Jacksonville and Duval County. He said he didn't even see him, but he's excited to get him in, into the building and start to work. Everybody on the internet said, Tim Tebow is taking somebody's roster spot that deserves it. Somebody that's been working their ass off to play tight end to hopefully one day reach the NFL. Timmy Tebow, although he made Urban Meyer probably hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. Okay. Now, I'm not just talking about the contracts, all of them that he assigned, but also business ventures he's probably gotten into since the success that he had. And Tim Tebow, you remember, he gave the, you will not see another team do anything better than we would do it. And then they <laughs> won the national championship and Urban Meyer's thing. And then he had a heart thing. Then he retired thing. Yep. And then he did the thing. And now he's doing the thing. He's done a lot of things because Tim Tebow gave a speech down in Florida and somehow rallied that Gators team that hindsight, looking back on it, how did everybody get on the same page in that locker room? Oh. We will never know. No. We, we will never know. But Tim Tebow was able to do it. Urban throws him, throws him a, a life thing. What is that? Life Preserver. Line. Preserver. Yeah. Sure. Lifeline. And says, hey, baseball didn't work out exactly how you envisioned it. You had a dream. If you want to come play tight end and you uh, can prove to the coaches that you can get better at this position, you're going to give everything you got while we're trying to rebuild a culture. You're the perfect guy to come in here. Urban hires them. People get mad. Then we start seeing drills. Tim Tebow didn't look that bad. Couple catches, couple catches. Trevor Lawrence is connected with him. The block seems like he's learning. He's starting to press his feet and the hands. Oh, my God. Is Tim Tebow going to figure out how to play tight end? Everybody wanted to shit on Tim Tebow. Hey, this ain't quarterback, Tim. 
This ain't minor league baseball with hot tubs in the outfield and sold out ballparks watching you go one for three on a night with a dinger. Of course. Every night you stepped into a yeah. bar and few between. What's that? Oh, I saw it on the internet. He hit bombs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he hit absolute bombs. You could catch a fly ball, too. But if you want to come back into the football world, there's been basketball players that have been able to transition into a tight end. We think you'll be able to do the same. The internet, once again, nah, 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 nah. This guy stinks. Then we had the first preseason game, and there was a couple videos that went viral, and they were not for good reasons. He did look bad. He did miss a block, even though it was a tough one. Then he got shedded without even like a pop. He just kind of shedded him, looked like he was off balance. I wonder if Tabo went into Urban's office the next day and said, a lot different than I thought it was going to be. A lot different than I thought it was going to be. And he gets released from the Jaguars this morning. Uh, it is the end of an era down in Jacksonville, an era that they were potentially going to sell a lot more tickets because Tabo was on the team, a lot more jerseys, a lot more merch. Pep rallies were probably going to happen twice a week with Tim Tabot yeah. going around Jacksonville, his home city. He will no longer be a tight end for the Jacksonville Jaguars. But as he put it, as he always does, does Romans 8.28 says, mm -hmm. God does everything for good. This will be for the good. Tim Tebow, I don't know if that's the last time we'll ever see you in pads or whatever, but hey, thanks for everything you did for football. Thank Over you, around. Tim. Over around, Tim. Thank you for everything you did uh, for football, Tim. I mean, you were on ESPN every single day. I was in college while I was playing football with maybe the most underrated electrifying football player of all time and Pat White and then Steve Slayton and them. And you were on TV every single night. And then I went down to an awards show and we had a certain set of rules and you literally, you had to do everything at that thing. So you were doing something else. You had to, I mean, Tim Tebow was put in a spotlight because Tim Tebow was a polarizing figure. Tim Tebow represented how a lot of people feel. Tim Tebow also represented what a lot of people hate. I think Tim has always been Tim, though, which I think we should all respect. I have no idea what he'll do next. I follow along on Instagram. I think he has a church already. Wow. Really? I see him speaking a lot. He always is dressed really cool, yeah. like really cool. There's always well-lit, because these new churches always have like real cool lights. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Spotlights. State-of-the-art. Yeah, yeah and it's, like, it's not like your Sunday best anymore. It's like, hey, you're going to wear a Henley. Yeah, athletic you, fit. Athletic mm -hmm. fit. Yeah, there's a couple of these guys I follow along that I'm friends with from way back. You know, they got the good jeans. They work out and then they're letting us know what the lord is saying and things and then motivational and then keep it moving i assume tim will get into that modeling probably acting i mean the guy's unbelievable but he is not a tight end i guess yeah i mean it's a real shame it really is because i was looking forward to seeing tim you know lace up the cleats this season and i'm sure he'll go right back to espn and as the sec is getting bigger i'm sure he's gonna get a nice little, little uh, chunk of that yeah and that's you yeah, know, um, that'll kind of be his uh, his breadwinner. But I'll tell uh, you, they what, have the SEC network. They He'll do. probably be. And I think even last year when he wasn't playing baseball, he was doing a lot of you know like the daily grind on uh, ES on the SEC network. But ultimately, the people I feel you know really bad for you mentioned them are those those sorry saps who paid like 180 bucks for a Tim Tebow jersey, and Boom. now you know what are you going to do with it? Uh, two two hundred. 200 some bucks. I think. 250 maybe? I think those good ones that are kind of... The tackle twill ones? With yeah, delivery. the ones with the... Yeah. They're fully etched. Stitched on there. there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Straight from the equipment manager. Yeah. Right to your door, nflshop.com. Here's $700 jersey. It'll be worth it. Yeah. A lot of merch moved out of nflshop.com, by the way. We do, we always talk about... I mean, we talked about the uh, $100 million more dollars at the end of last year than at the beginning of last year right. for the Green Bay Packers. The, and they, the way they itemized where they made their money from was hilarious. Like, uh, 
in America yeah. Yeah. on the internet. Yeah. Other ventures. Other and- stuff. <laughs> other stuff. I wonder where NFL Shop falls in there because, you know, if you can move a lot of merch, allegedly you make money off of it. Now, I think I saw like 0.04 cents per jersey that was sold or whatever. Nice. But Tim Tebow was top five, I think, in merch sales there for a couple of days. three of them in the top five, I think. He's dead. Though. Cover of the yeah. website. But hey, we cannot rule out Easterby and the Texans going to get Tebow. Are we... Are we serious? Yeah. His career's not over yet. Can you go back to his tweets to see if we get a hint that he's retiring forever? Or if thank you to the Jaguars organization and everyone who has supported me in this journey. And we know that God works all things together for good. Romans 828. Boom. Put him in a Texan jersey now. In there, We don't know this because we're not as deep in the church community as we should be. But I think Romans 828, if I had to guess, Jack Easterby's favorite. Uh-huh. Yeah. Favorite. So, uh, Bible verse. Oh, yeah. Verse. Yep. Or there's verses. <laughs> yeah, you can chapters. Psalms. Those are in there. There's, mm-hmm. a whole, there's a whole thing. That's his favorite verse. So maybe Tim Tebow is laying down the groundwork to get down to the Jack Easterby Texans. I'm not 100% sure, but I, for one, am bummed that the Tebow experiment did not work out down there in Jacksonville. That many years away from football, everybody said it was going to be a long road. I said, if anybody could do it, guess Romans 624 says, Tim Tebow could do could make that happen, and yep. I'm pulling for him. We all are pulling pulling for him, and I, I'm gonna take it on the shins. I think as uh, as I already have. Because, what? Why? Well, we were one of the only ones that said, you know, hey, can we give Tebow a give fucking a shot here? Yeah. There's 90 people. He's taking somebody's spot. It's like there's a lot of people taking somebody's spot on a lot of these teams. <laughs> yeah. All right, this is the way the world works. Hate to break it to you, it's not always going to be the best 90 football players on earth on each team. I wish it was. Hey. We're going to fight for it, but that's just not reality. Con family and Urban Meyer directly profiting off of bringing in a Jacksonville guy, hero, idol, icon to join the Jacksonville Jaguars was sound business. Sound mm-hmm. business yeah, move. Very much so. Don't you think, at, I mean, even if he does the ESPN stuff, he's still going to have some sort of role with the Jaguars, I would imagine, going What forward. if he's jumping off the fucking lights with Jackson DeVille before Ooh, games? Mascot? What if Tim Tebow is the mascot alongside Jackson DeVille? Wow. <laughs> hey, that mascot. Something to think about. That mascot plays no games down there. None. They need to market that mascot a little bit more to the locals. I think they'd start coming out just to see the death-defying stunts that this dude in a furry costume does while losing 30 pounds in the Jacksonville heat. He's bungee jumping off the top of the stadium oh. to bring the ball. It is fucking insane. Is he it has what? the game ball up there? Yeah, and then mm-hmm. he brings it down, he lands, he gives it to the ref or whatever. Thank you. And then they get rid of that ball, and then they give me, <laughs> then they give me an actual ball to kick. But yeah, he is awesome. I mean, he is incredible. Maybe, and maybe they'll just win games and sell tickets too. I mean, that's crazy. Thing. Sure, maybe they won't. You know, there's a chance that they are not good again, and then next year, hey, they'll they'll figure it out then. Well, they're gonna have a big hole at tight end. Yeah, massive. Uh, speaking of big holes, you would think if you had a surgery on your foot, there would be a big hole to get the bone out from within the foot as it's bouncing around. Quentin Nelson, Carson Wentz, allegedly same exact surgery. One was a developmental anomaly on Quentin Nelson's foot. He had an extra bone in his body, in his foot. It broke off. They had to get rid of that. Carson Wentz's bone in his foot, the reason why he was bouncing around, they had to go get it. He broke it in high school, you see. Then it got lodged in between other bones for all this time. Uh, almost an MVP season, uh, being drafted in the first round, uh, playing in North Carolina. All this shit has happened to Carson Wentz. He's rode his bobcat around. That's right. 
And he took the Bobcat another round, another round, another round. He was hunting with his bow. He was fishing. He was doing a lot of things. He had a relationship with Philly and then ended a relationship with Philly, became a citizen of Indiana. All these things happened in his bone that was broken in high school was just chilling. And then somehow, some way, one day after Carson had his best football day in a long time, that bone said, oh, I'm back. Let's ruin everything for Carson Wentz. It seemed like everything was stacked against Carson Wentz. This guy can't win and his mvp like season he gets hurt he would have carried that team just as far as nick Foles. everybody's gonna assume and look back at the way he was playing at that point he gets hurt on a dive i think or whatever he's out has to watch nick Foles win a super bowl with the team he's on then they have to ship nick Foles out of there because his contract is up so it automatically becomes hey carson i know it isn't the same team that you necessarily had last year and your same body we did this but like they're getting rid of nick Foles, the guy that just won the super bowl mvp caught a touchdown called his own fucking number there's a statue about it we had to get rid of him so we can keep you so now you have to outperform what nick Foles performed in the super bowl so it feels like carson wentz has had a couple series of events where it's like although you're getting paid a lot of money it does seem like Lady Luck is not on your side. No. Then he's playing his best football a couple years ago. The entire team gets hurt. Last year, he plays like dog shit. The whole team gets hurt. He gets run out of town. Peterson gets fired. They're back in good graces. If they were ever not in good graces, by the way, we'll never know or we'll find out years from now. And then after he finds a home, finds a city that loves him, finds a team that's ready to go, he's playing his best football. Him and Frank are doing their thing again. Chris Ballard loves him. The offensive line is great. His foot says, nah, we're broke still. Get the fuck you. This ain't good. We're not doing it. Had to have a surgery. All of India was upset. All of Philly was upset. Now here we are two weeks removed, and the reports out of training camp are that Carson Wentz, who was supposed Frank Reich told us, for two weeks after this surgery, you're down. You're laying down. Blood flow, we looked into it. Blood flow has to, some sort of blood flow can or can't happen. If this happens, that happens. It will lead to a three-month out if you don't do it right. And officially two weeks, you have to be away from the team. Is what Frank Reich told us, both for Carson and Quentin. Carson will be away, but he'll Zoom. We'll FaceTime. We'll do that whole thing. Less than a week later, he was at practice standing. And then now here we are two weeks later, and they're saying he's briskly walking around the field. Confidently moving around training camp. It was estimated that he'd be out five to twelve weeks. And now Will Carroll, the injury expert on the on the internet, says, Hey, I don't want to burn. All right, I don't want to burn my source at all. All right, don't want to do that. But I got I've heard great news about Carson Wentz. Will Carroll at Injury Expert says got some news on Wentz, but I can't detail it without burning a source. Best I can do is really good news on his foot. Wow. Shout out to you, Will. Okay, we've been saying a lot of that around here. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I'm your source or not, but we've been screaming loud. This son of a bitch is walking less than a week after a surgery. He was supposed to be out for 5 to 12. Frank said probably on the, the earlier stage of that projection, he got rid of the two weeks down. Carson Wentz is back week one. Here we go. Huh? Is that what it feels like? Yeah, absolutely. That's not me. That's not, I don't know anything. Okay, the doc that I guess I did know who it was, even though I didn't at the time when I showed the picture up there. They have not told me anything. Trainers have not told me anything. I found out about him getting hurt and everybody else getting hurt on the internet like everybody else. The newsbreakers do their thing. I don't know shit, but with the way it's looking, and Jacob Eason's starting to ball. I guess at practice, he was balling out today. Mm -hmm. I guess in a preseason game, he had a great throw. I got a chance to watch the highlights. He looked good. If Carson's back week one, week two, and we got Eason at backup with this team, Hey! 
We're winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, we're but- gonna need uh, one more. More no, no, we got that guy, that undrafted guy. Uh, what's oh, his name? Playmaker? Big uh, son of a bitch. Mike something. It's number 17. He's unbelievable. Huge. I hope he stays healthy. I, I've never, I have no idea how, I think, I don't even know if we, he might have been undrafted, I think, whatever we said. Number 17. What's his hmm. name? Seventh round draft pick, Mitch has told me. What's his name? Mike something? Mike Stretch something? Stretchman or Stretchman, something? S-T-R-E-C-H. At the playmaker, and he has 17 in there. He is a stud. So maybe he comes in and does great things. And that is exactly what Paris Campbell seemed to be healthy. Hopefully mm-hmm. he can yeah. stay healthy. This Colts team, Carson's back, Quentin's back. Look out, AFC. And you know who I'm talking to? Who's that? Well, I'm not New England. You guys aren't at the top. I'm talking to <laughs> Kansas City. Oh, well, you need to look closer in the top to the Titans because you don't even have that division by the balls yet, okay? Yeah, You're yeah, still a seven yeah. seed last year. And by the way, yeah. doesn't it worry you a little bit that maybe Jacob Eason's playing a little too well and then Wentz is going to get in the back of his head again? Oh, oh no, I got a backup behind me, and if I don't do well, then they're going to take me out and go with Eason, and then all of a sudden – it's basically Philly in 2020 again. No, it's not going to be that. Okay, what, what? it's going to be is Frank Reich is yeah. going to handle that. All yeah. right, Frank Reich oh, okay. and Carson are out there. They're out there shooting a bow and arrow together. Yeah. Frank and Carson are out there on the Bobcat together. Of course. Yeah. It's much different than Doug Peterson coming in with his visor, you know, uh-huh. and Howie Roseman right. saying, hey, we need Sudfeld in the game. You know, whatever the hell happened over there, by the way, we don't know. We will know, hopefully, at one point. It's a much different situation. Although, Jacob Beeson does seem to be tall. Yep. You know, does seem to have an absolute fucking hose. Yeah. Slings it. Does seem to be 25 to $30 million cheaper, but... <laughs> I don't know if Jacob Eason's ever going to be able to play MVP like football. We hope. There's a chance from all. It seems like he might be a guy. All his fans, by the way, whenever he came to the Colts, were like, stop looking at Phil Rivers. You guys got a guy. And I like that every college thinks that about their guy. And then they obviously get a little bit quiet if their guy doesn't become a right. guy. Mm-hmm. But this, he's got a fucking hose. This guy can sling Gun. the rock. I really... I was impressed as all hell with him, and I think a lot of people at camp today are saying, hey, first practice back from Eason getting very comfortable playing against other preseason players or whatever, they said he's dominating out there. So maybe that is speeding up Carson Wentz's recovery a little bit. I don't know what the bones and the foot can do or what it can't do, but I like that we got two good quarterbacks going in this season seem to be healthy. Exactly, especially if Carson does have some durability issues and down the road, you know, week 15, week 16, that foot comes back to, you know, piss him off. You still have Easton in the back and Ellinger. Let's not forget Ellinger is, you know, he's a gamer. He can run around there too. Yeah, Ellinger seems to be an absolute baller in his first First couple snaps, he threw a pick that was a lollipop. Sure. But then, guess what? Gets back out there, throws the ball around, has a dime deep ball, leads him on a game-winning draft. Sam Ellinger's good as well. But if we get Carson back, that'd be great news. We're paying him $100 million. Oh, and yeah. I think that is something that we have to keep in mind that the NFL, much like when we're talking about Tebow, is a business. Okay? It should be treated as such. Carson Wentz is going to get every opportunity here in Indianapolis. We ain't going to do what Philly did to him. All right, that ain't yeah, well, and he's not going to have to worry about the fans, you know, telling him to eat horse shit every, every place he goes and, you yeah. know, just constantly, you know, berating him. But like you said, I don't even think we're going to get to that point. Obviously, I mean, like I understand, you know, tempering expectations because they don't want to put too much on Carson. But if, if even if there was like the slightest bit of concern, they'd have him in a walking boot. He's out there, you know, walking around brisk pace. He's fine. He's going to play week one. Carson Wentz is back early, and we thought that was going to be the case after they didn't even 
think about looking into Nick Foles or anybody else. And if we were to bring in Nick Foles, it'd be fifty million dollars in quarterbacks that you know Nick Foles, Carson Wentz back up. And there was people pushing for other veteran quarterbacks and everything like that. There didn't seem to be any panic at all out of anybody at the Colts that might know what was going on. Time Frank came on and he was like, yeah, "It seems like everything went well." That's kind of what he is. Mm-hmm. We were pretty. We're pretty thankful that everything seemed to go smoothly. It's going to be on those earlier projections, but Carson Wentz is back. Let's move around. Jalen Hurts and the Eagles are practicing alongside the New England Patriots with Bill Belichick. Allegedly, it is being reported by the Schultz Report, Jordan Schultz, who does not fuck around when it comes to news and reports. Nope. He's saying that there's a fast-growing sentiment among Eagles players that Jalen Hurts is undoubtedly the franchise quarterback. His work ethic, intangibles, and overall skill level have captured the entire locker room. Players I've spoken with are consistently blown away by Hertz on and off the field. That Ooh. comes from at Schultz underscore report. I was saying this yesterday. With all these quarterback competitions, you can get a good read on who the team would like just by watching the interactions. That's what the first game of preseason was for me. How do people feel about this particular quarterback in the locker room, coaches, equipment managers? That's why the mic'd ups are so important. Now that the Eagles players are basically leaking information, I guess, to old Jordan Schultz, say, hey, this guy could be a good quarterback. Oh. <laughs> I think that is a good sign for Jalen Hurts. But let's talk to a guy who's on the ground there. Okay. He's at New England and Philadelphia practice right now. A man who has been covering the Patriots for... 20-plus years. Has lived the good run here. Oh, yeah. With the dynasty, the greatest dynasty in professional sports. He once had an incredible relationship with Bill Belichick. The last time we spoke with him, it was kind of on the rocks <laughs> because he was also complimentary of Tom Brady on his way out of town from NBC Sports Boston. Ladies and gentlemen, Tom E. Curran. Yeah! Yeah! What's going on, Tom? Guy. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How's my audio out here? I'm just outside the media room here at the... The Novacare Complex. Where's the Novacare Complex? That's Philadelphia? Yeah, we got joint practices this week. Okay, so is it normally on the road, or does New England ever host these joint practices? Bill loves the joint practices, right? He, he does. Next week, Patrick, they have the Giants coming in. Even though the game is with New York, they're going to have Joe Judge and the Giants coming in to, to, to swap paint. <laughs> okay, so this is something that... You know, it happens. I think it's happening much more regularly now. These joint practices, you hear every coach talk about it. The practices are much more important in the game because basically every single rep is like a preseason rep. Your yep. video, we'll talk about that. But do these not just end up in massive brawls all the time? Or is, since the Patriots do it so often, they have it kind of down to a science at this point? Yeah, they they do the thudding. The thud hits. Yeah. But the interesting thing, and there were no scraps. There were a couple of, you know, jams and holding over on between DBs and wide receivers, but nothing cuckoo. But the funny thing about the Eagles DBs is they would have a running back, say Damian Harris comes through, and they would do the first thud. And the guy, you know, generally they finish the run. Every defensive back after the first guy would thud him too. So he ends up like a pinball by the time he's done, gets thudded by five guys. I'm like, that's worse than a regular tackle. Yeah, because yeah, you're supposed to, you know, thud, let the guy finish. Thud, rap, let the guy finish to play. That's when you're with your own team. I do like that the Eagles are just taking their shots. Hey, good. They are. They look good. Hold them up through there. Okay, so the Eagles look good, you said, because the video you put out was fascinating because you said, hey, every year this is what happens. First day, whenever they're kind of joint practicing – 
They little they view practice a little bit differently than the Patriots. Your video was beautiful. It's like here's the Eagles trickling in, alright, and then Mike gets in your way somewhere. You yell at him, and then you show the Patriots. They're already going through like a walkthrough, basically. They're already up and at him. Is that that's every year? You are not being satirical in this, and are the Eagles going to change? You think like every other team in the past after watching this? You know. I- after talking about it, because some of the Eagles writers got inflamed by it, which I, you know, I, I get it. They don't want it to be mischaracterized. Um, in the video, it doesn't really demonstrate fully what the Patriots were up to. They had already done a special teams period and had the horn off, and they were actually milling about in between things. They had already done two sessions, and the Eagles were still coming out. Um, the reason I said this is because in 2014, they went with the Redskins. And the Patriots would run gassers back and forth at the end of practice. And they would just be out there. Meanwhile, the Redskins are walking off. It was embarrassing almost for them. For the players. They, and by the end of that week, they were running gassers back and forth at the end of practice, too. Uh, I don't know how the Eagles will react today. It was a very short practice. But I, I will tell you, if you're a Philadelphia guy and you're interested in finding out how the Eagles are going to be, they've been spirited, Patrick. Spirit is a a great description of a team. They've been upbeat. I think that's because Sirianni has an interesting relationship with them. Listening to him speak has been fascinating. Let's talk about Bill Belichick here for a little bit longer. Then we'll get to the Eagles in your eyes. Jalen Hurts, is he going to be a guy? Does it seem like he's a guy? Yeah, he impressed the hell out of me. His throws have been absolutely on point. He had one to Ertz today. You know, we got the two fields side by side. I'm kind of concentrating more on the Patriots offense. But they were down at the moment, just in between plays. So I looked over. Hurts just really is on point with a lot of his throws. I'm sorry about all the background noise. I hope it's not driving you crazy. Tom, it's driving you crazy. It's not driving us crazy. Don't worry about it. Your boot's on the ground. This is only something that we can get right now because of you. Don't worry about the noise. It makes it more legit. You're actually there. That is not a green screen, Tom. But Jalen Hurts looks good. Team likes him. Yeah, he looks excellent. He really does. I mean, I'm stunned at how accurate he is. I just didn't recall him being as accurate and decisive. Patriots coverage was good today. He had to run the ball a little bit. But uh, really, Jalen Hurts and, and, and Zach Hurts and a lot of their bigger receivers, uh, Jalen Rieger, has had two good days. So, Eagles fans, you got something to smile about, at least, through these two joint practices. Less thinking, more athletic take over is what Sirianni <laughs> said. There's been a lot of reports coming <laughs> He said that. He did say that at a press conference, Tom. It's been fascinating learning about Sirianni as the person, the press conference, and then the coach. I think we've had to learn him at different rates here. We're kind of moving along peacefully. Bill Belichick has a quarterback competition for real. You asked Cam, obviously, you guys had your interaction, but are all roads leading to Mac Jones, right? Are all roads leading to Mac Jones? Does it feel like that? Yeah, it does, Pat. We continue to say and i said look it's going to have to be probably a knockout by mac jones to win cam has to play badly mac jones has to play beautifully i'm starting to think more and more that it could be one on points by mac jones because cam's not playing badly it's just mac jones every day looks more and more like a quarterback in the patriots offense than cam now it's not again to say that cam has been bad but the offense looks more similar to what the patriots have created over 20 years when mac jones is directing it it's one read, next read, next read. With Cam, it's oftentimes one read, next read, gun it. <laughs> Whoa! Hey, that was a spirited description of what you're seeing. 
practice. But is it is that why it's so easy and why the fans went bananas when Mac Jones went jogging on? Not only is it the first first round quarterback you guys have had in forever, but also the Cam Newton Patriots look much different than the twenty years of success Patriots that have happened. Now Cam had COVID and he didn't have off season, and there was a lot that Cam had to battle through that Tom Brady didn't have to and Mac didn't have to. But there's probably that similarity between, hey, here's a bland white with a bad body who happens to be a great quarterback, has a big brain, incredible arm, seems to have swag, and in 10 to 15 years from now, everybody's going to go, how the fuck did Bill Belichick get to Tom Brady? Is that what you guys are thinking of? Is it like that high of hopes or is that just Connor? You know, again, and we all understand that there's never going to be another Brady. It's like Cy Young and his 511 wins. No one's ever going to do what Brady did statistically, longevity. But, I mean, you could look at a Pennington. How did they let him get Pennington? How did they let him get – I mean, that's that's what he looks like. I mean, that's – the ball just comes out, Pat. It's very simple to see. And a lot of it's check downs and a lot of it's underneath. And that will be ascribed to him not having a strong arm the same way it was with Brady. But the bottom line is, when you're spending the amount of money the Patriots are on Aguilar and Henry and Jonu Smith and the number of guys you have as running backs who are talented like James White, you don't want the quarterback surveying. You want him to get the ball out of his hands ASAP, ASA flipping P. And he's doing that. Do you think like Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick, whenever you know people said Tom didn't have a good arm anymore or a live arm, or he's a game manager and that whole thing, do you think that they're like, Hey, a three-yard gain right here is – that is not bad. Like, you gain three – yeah, that, that, there's nothing wrong with that. How come How come the game manager thing – and this is a broader – this is a much broader thing. But why was it always that Tom didn't have a good arm and they didn't take shots? Because when they had Randy, they did, right? Oh, yeah. And if, they, if when Randy was there, there was a lot of shots taken. Maybe it's just that Patriots offense is 100% okay with like, okay – by the way, when you go first read, second read, third read, you know what you're doing with your eyes is you're keeping the field – basically right. at bay the entire time. I mean, Mac Jones seems to be a guy. I thought that after the first one. I put out a tweet that said, I hate to break this news to 31 other teams, but I don't think this guy's going to stink. I got attacked for that, Tom. I got killed for that. Is it just because the Patriots are the Patriots, or do you think, is there any cause or any you know thought that Mac Jones is going to stink at all from watching him every single day over there? No, no, no. Very high floor. That's the thing. Uh, his worst... It's not going to look like, say, a Justin Fields' worst. Justin Fields' best might take your breath away. And Mac Jones is not going to take your breath away, although it might, he might be able to accomplish that with some accuracy and some throw placement. But he's not going to jaw-drop you the way a Mahomes, a Rodgers. But he will paper-cut you. And his accuracy is, is and his, I hate to use the word bravery, but his bravery in or courage in throwing some of these throws in his first camp is excellent. It's it's what you want to see. And I'm not – he's going to suck. He's going to have some 13 for 23 for 144-yard days before it's done. Um, but right now, you can't really ask for much more. And I, and I do believe, Patrick, that the Patriots are pretty happy with it too. Yeah, it does feel like that. And the fans seem to be as well. Connor here has been pumped. I oh, mean, yeah. He has been pumped. Hey, Connor, go ahead, Bob. Yeah, Tom, there was a report yesterday that uh, Kendrick Bourne ran the wrong route and then Mac Jones kind of yelled at him. Does he already have that confidence where he can, like, not eviscerate somebody, but be animated and kind of tell him, like, hey, you got to be better than that? 
Yeah, he does. He did with J.J. Taylor, like, in the second practice. It's one of their uh, younger running backs who looped out of the thing and just got absolutely reamed by Mac Jones in his second practice. And I'm like, can he do that? He can do that, huh? <laughs> so uh, it's it's demanding, but, it, you know, as they say, shit rolls downhill. And he's going to hear it from Josh McDaniels. And if he hears it from Josh McDaniels, he's going to pass it on to the guy who he thinks messed up. But it is interesting to see that he is astute enough to feel confident that I'm right here. He didn't see the right thing. Um, so that it's really telling to me. And I think that's one of the things we still see Cam getting a ton of reps with the ones. And I think that exercise is part of the pecking order, part of the earn it. But it also demonstrates to the rest of the team when Mac Jones is in there that, A, he earned it. And B, when he was in there, it looked the way it was supposed to look. I don't think there's going to be a, a bitter quarterback controversy or competition here, but it's because it's being well managed, I think. You think Cam has any ill feelings towards how this is all going to go, or do you think Cam understands basically how this could? Cam's never been in this position before, right? No. Ever. Cam has never been in this position before. Cam, by the way, was the guy drafted to a team. Young guy was like, hey, we need you to take over this entire team, basically, which is kind of how I think the fans are viewing Mac. Like, hey, need you to come take this old. How has that gone? Obviously, you guys had incredible interaction where you – how did – I didn't get to see the whole thing. I saw that you guys had a little bit of a spat there. I don't like watching uncomfortable situations, but how is he handling that whole thing? I think he's great. And honestly, it wasn't It wasn't too – he's so – I sometimes you get nervous pushing a guy, but I don't get nervous pushing him because I think that he's pretty much understanding where the questions are coming from. And he wants to feel the question instead of having us walk away and have conjecture. Like he put something out the other day and he said, you know, loyalty i deserve it and that's after a game the night before where patriots fans cheered their faces off for mac jones when he came in and were chanting we want mac at the end so it begged the question of who are you talking to and he said well that wasn't football related that was to my family i i I, okay all right take it take it at face value (laughs) um and also with the quarterback thing you know bill said cam's our starter he said it after the draft he said at the beginning of training camp i perceive that to be a dot 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 or a cam's our starter for now was unspoken because he's never going to anoint the starter. So I wanted to push Cam when we asked him if he's the starter in week one, when he said, you guys already know the answer to that. Well, most people in New England presumed what Bill said stood. And I knew that wasn't the case. That's why I said, we really don't know whether or not you're the starter. Has he told you that? Because the presumption is that you are the starter based on what Bill said. And then he said, well, he doesn't do that, which we all do know. So it's, it was important to get that out there. I thought, because there's folks up here who don't think there's a quarterback competition i'm gonna salute my own arms right now for the ability to keep this phone <laughs> there's been four trucks too i think that have brought in some philly <laughs> cheesesteaks as well along that thing i saw you try to move and even i think you've tried to like camouflage the sound a little bit with your hand i oh, will like i'm camouflaging but i also tried to lean you got up against a, a lamp post smart uh, uh, put your hand yeah. on it you're, and then you're... my hand started shaking <laughs> All right, uh, I appreciate you doing your journalistic stuff there with Cam. You know, getting the answer for the people. That's why you are Tom E. Kern. Can I get this answer out of you? Can I get the answer? Allegedly, somebody put out a tweet that was went very big. It was Bill Belichick talking to Zach Ertz alongside Julie Ertz, I think, was there as well. And Jamie... Apodi. Apodi, at Jamie... 
A Pody. A Pody says, Zach Ertz warmly introducing Patriots coach to his wife, Julie Ertz. Uh, coach to Ertz, I'm still going to get you someday. Ertz with a big smile. Belichick responds, but Howie wants two first-round picks and two of my grandchildren, Whoa. says Bill Belichick with a nice little joke. Do we know if this is true or not? And if that is the case, would Zach Ertz make a great Patriot? Are you guys just collecting tight ends up yep. there? Well, they're going to have to because both John Smith and Hunter Henry are hurt. They lost Matt Lacoste, who's there third tight end yesterday and then they lost Tony Fumagalli folks so take Tony Fumagalli off your fantasy rosters right now um, so they might have to but it's interesting he did indeed say that um, I spoke to to uh, the reporter afterwards and she said yeah I heard him say it I hope it doesn't rise to the level of tampering but that's what you would pretty much define as tampering <laughs> <laughs> The internet was saying there was a lot of that. Uh, Tom, we appreciate you so much. Enjoy the next couple of days in Philly. I don't know how long you're there. And then enjoy the Joy, Joe Judge stuff. He likes to fight and do stuff like that. Keep your eyes peeled for all that for us, will you? I'm going to swivel. And, hey, I'm very proud of you and all the work you're doing, not just on the show, but everywhere else. So always thanks for having me. Take oh, care. Tom, you're the best. Ladies and gentlemen, NBC Sports Boston insider Tom Eaker. Now that the world's opening back up, so many new thrills are on the horizon. Okay. And whether you've been in a relationship for years or just getting started, we're excited to get back out there and meet new people. Hell yeah. When the moment comes, it's not come too quick. Oh, <laughs> here we go. That is not what they had in their copy. Okay. <laughs> they should. That was, I think they're going in a different direction. So let's go back a sentence or two. Okay. Okay. When you, when the moment comes, you want to be ready. Hell That's yeah. true. Yeah. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, Ooh. all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Once you take care of that, though, you get the Roman swipes. And guess what? Ha! Huh. Last a long time. Banging a banging a banging a. Yeah, it's Pete Alonzo at the all <laughs> yes. at the home run derby. Boom. That's right. Dingers. Downtown. Bingo. Her population, you dude. Hell yeah. Roman ready equals confidence. The confidence that you know you can rise to the occasion in the moment. We're looking at the Summer of Love 2021 version, and Roman wants to make sure you can participate in your way. Whether that be as a single person or a couple who would still rather stay in with each other, a U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you for free with two-day shipping. Okay. Ooh. That's huge. Free? The shipping's free. Wow. I believe. Not the... Not the yeah, medication. Free no. two-day shipping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, go to GetRoman.com slash McAfee today, and if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of ED treatment. Okay. That's G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com slash M-C-A-F-E-E. And if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of erectile dysfunction treatment. Make sure you're ready to have confidence and control this summer. Roman ready. Don boys are in studio. From what I've read on the internet, and I might be getting a misread here, seems like the Hammer Down boys are back. You guys are both hot last night. We had a good night. Hell yeah. What does that mean? Is this humble digs? We both went 3-0 last night. No! <laughs> Mid threw went on threw one on top. So as a show, we were 7-0. Wow! Wow! The humility from the hammer, the humble hammer, Don Don. boys. 
is unbelievable. You guys only give out three picks each yesterday. I assume you you scan that sports book on FanDuel that has more ways to win. There's a lot of bets in there. You mm-hmm. guys only found three that you were okay going mm-hmm. public with. Yes. I assume you're potentially losing money behind closed doors, but publicly, <laughs> as long as you maybe not your favorite bets, but the fact that you guys have been dancing on the gambling gods' graves as much as you have been because you're supposed to sell these picks. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to not tell anybody anything publicly because then you're supposed to lose. You guys, we might have oh, yeah. the guys yeah. in the office. I mean, football season will be the yes, tell yeah. of everything, and I don't know sure. how you guys are feeling, but Gumpy, welcome back to just winning all the time, dude. It's good to have you back. Like, you took a two-day break real quick. Yeah, I love this shit. <laughs> Feed me, it. Feed me it. every night, every night. All right, I, love, I love it. it. Right, we love you. I love it. We love you. Uh, we love that you love this shit. Uh, joining us now is a man who also loves the shits. Uh, yesterday, he saved the world with his brother-in-law Brady Quinn at a golf tournament to raise some money. Ladies and gentlemen, AJ. Hall. Yeah! yeah. All right, Mr. Hawk, a little hungover after what you did on the golf course yesterday. Look it. Uh, no, I, I look at Connor. All right. Uh, no, I only got to play about nine holes. I had to go coach football practice, man. You know, Monday nights we have practice. I did not know we had Monday night lights for, is this Axel? No, that's Hendricks, my eight-year-old guy playing playing tackle. Oh, yeah. Full pads, right? Every drill is take all the way to the ground. Are you guys thudding it up no. over there? No, we, we mix it in. We mix in some live stuff to get him used to it with some thud. I think we, we structure it pretty well. Okay, I'm sure you're a great coach. I'm sure there will be no heads-up NFL football program issues or violations no, at all no with way. you at the helm, especially with how great of a tackler you were. All-time leading tackler in Green Bay Packer history. Yesterday, hero, though. What was the golf outing for? Is this what Brady does every year? And why was it in Columbus? That's just because that's where you guys all live now or what? Well, it's, it's Brady's whole thing. He has a foundation called the Third and Goal Foundation. Helps a lot of vets coming back from war and, like, retrofits their house and builds ramps and widens hallways, stuff like that. And I think That's yesterday, awesome. yeah, this was his 10th or 11th event. And, uh, yeah, he just does it in Columbus. He's from here, so he knows a lot of people here. And, and I think he raised, like, over 150K yesterday. Oh, that makes sense because I got a chance to join. That's awesome, by the way. Shout yeah. out 150K yeah. for vets, especially oh. now. Especially now. I mean, yeah. it is. The internet was a sad place yesterday. Yeah, still Ooh, is. For a lot of people that I got to interact with through my years, obviously, in that world. Hope everybody does and get. Uh, I don't even know what the fuck to say to that, to be honest. That is so far deeper than my role goes to. Helping the military, though, is fucking awesome. I'm happy Brady Quinn does that. I forgot he's from Columbus, Ohio. How'd he end up in Notre Dame? Shouldn't he have been a Buckeye? Yeah. What, what happened there? I don't know. I think there was like it, it was a weird timing, you know, where there's a log jam of QBs already there, maybe, or however all the recruiting situation worked out. But I think he always kind of wanted to go to Notre Dame too. Oh, so he wasn't like the cult guy like you were. You grew up in Ohio and say, "Hey, I'm only going to Scarlet and Gray School." <laughs> I well, first off, Brady had a lot more options than I did coming out of high school, so he kind of could choose what he wanted to do. I was looking for one offer and luckily got it from Ohio State, but. I don't know. I, I don't know why. Uh, why you fifth on yeah. yeah. big one offer from Ohio yeah. State? Yeah, I just wanted to play there. Yeah, I just wanted that one offer. I got it from Ohio fucking State. This guy, they win a national championship. He's freshman, freshman year. year. Yeah. This guy, I only need Frick. one offer. You know, I only wanted one offer. Good I, timing. I, I say all the t- very fortunate timing on my part. Well, absolutely. Some would say that the addition of that jawline in the locker room <laughs> fucking took him over the top. But the the thought of other schools maybe visiting you over there and. Centerville, Ohio, though, let's go Elks, visiting you, talking to you and be like, oh, this is the biggest, 
this is the big, and this is what other people say, not me, I would never say this, but this is the big, this is other people. I have to, because I like the people of Ohio. Fuck, I've been a part of the cult for one night. I mean, I understand this. But I, I would assume a lot of coaches that were at other big schools, I mean, Ohio State, you won a national championship, literally you went there, so you only had one offer or whatever. I would assume all the other schools that are going to offer you is like, oh, this is the biggest FIFO that we have ever met <laughs> in our entire life. He's definitely only going to Ohio State. And for those that don't know what FIFO is, obviously in the business world, it's first in, first out. Uh, and these other people with hate in their hearts towards uh, the Ohio, that's a fucking idiot from Ohio. <laughs> Oh, that is that is that I'm not saying it. I did not. I never said that. No. I'm just telling you what some people from other states that border Ohio have potentially called people from. I, I am appalled by it, especially after my experience in the OHIO world. You don't have to give it to me again there. But that's probably what all the other coaches did when they met you. They're like, oh, this dude ain't never leaving Ohio. Nope. Hey, we can no. offer him 100 fucking scholarships. <laughs> this kid ain't ever going to leave. You're only going to be an Ohio State Buckeye since the day you were born? I mean, I don't know if since the day I was born, but when I knew it was a possibility to play college football and get a scholarship, yeah, I wanted one from Ohio State. It's rude to people to say that thing, you know what I mean? That FIFO thing. That's I, I, well, the first time I heard it, I was like, I've never heard it. Dare you? Yeah. Use it in the it's future. been years. It's been years since I've heard it. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think it's been. A, it was just recently said here. Hey, why? Do, why do people take so much? Why do they get offended by when someone wants to like? Say something bad about their state. I'm like, okay, bud, I didn't invent it. I was born here. Yeah. I didn't draw the lines. Ohio, though, is yeah, the. I mean, that is the state. You don't say anything. Let's take pride in that. Then, if you're in Ohio, and take pride in that, people want to say that about you. Yeah, you should. By the way, because and now that I've gotten a chance once again to experience the cult, all right, in your side yard, I've gotten a chance to go over there. It's awesome. I mean, I bet. if you were a Buckeye, just like the cop told me one week after I got arrested, <laughs> and they pulled me over in Ohio. Because uh, I was suspended from the building, so I couldn't do anything, just sit in my living room. So my parents said, Why don't you just come home for a couple of nights? It's like, You got it. And I get pulled over, and, you know, I had a Escalade on 24s at the time, and, you know, that whole thing happened. And the cops asked me, like, uh, Where are you going? I'm going home. Where are you coming from? Well, I live in Indy. Well, where's home? You know, they tried to catch me and that whole thing. Have you ever been arrested before was the question that was asked. This is four days, five days after the October 20th, 2010 public intoxication. Have you ever been arrested before? Yes. Okay. <laughs> when was it? Six days ago, five days ago, whenever it was. And they're like, yeah, I see them all get excited. And they're like, what you do? And I told them. And they were like, you did that? And then I told them, like, they said, what do you do for a living? I was like, ah, I kick balls for the courts. You got shackled and arrested as a member of the Indianapolis Colts for being publicly intoxicated? I was again, the cop goes, if you were a Buckeye, <laughs> we would probably have a parade for you. Right? <laughs> like, that's, what, that's really what it is in Ohio, though. And I think that is why college football will always... But I think that is what I think there's going to be a lot of schools that potentially fall off, maybe that don't have it. But you go down to the SEC and watch some of those games. It's like, hey, these people ain't ever going to stop doing this right here. This ain't ever going to stop in Ohio. As soon as I landed in Columbus, I was like to Sam. That was her first time, I think, in Columbus. She had some years in her life where she lived in Ohio. So she understands Ohioans, but she had never been. I was like, hey, this is college football world. That's all this is. And you guys will live by that forever. That's why I'd assume Brady living in Columbus would have wanted to be a Ohio State Buckeye. I can't believe, did they not offer him? They didn't offer Brady? No, I think think they definitely offered him. I don't know exactly how his recruiting thing went on, but I, I think 
Notre Dame got in with them real early, and he was all in from day one, I guess, with them. People love Notre Dame, huh? Like, Notre Dame. Actually, you know what? Another he Colt. was deciding between Notre Dame and Michigan. I think those were his final two. Oh, oh so Brady, wow. Brady chooses violence on a daily basis. He grew up in Columbus like, I'm here to go to Michigan or fucking Notre Dame. <laughs> Sorry. Chops, hey, Chops. So I was staying here. He was staying down. Hey, Chops. I'd imagine it had been pretty hard to say no after getting wine and dined by Charlie Weiss, too. Yeah, I forgot about that. You know, Charlie uh-huh. Weiss had. Charlie one. didn't come till later, but yeah. Still. Either way. He knew. I've heard some legendary <laughs> tales about Charlie Weiss. I've heard some legendary tales about Charlie. He does radio. He he d- still does radio on Sirius XM, yeah. I believe. NFL radio, I think. Yeah, we've heard yeah. a couple of his interviews in there. He was breaking something down. And it was he broke like, the Tom Brady news, didn't he? So yeah, well, him and Tommy. he had all that Tom info. Wasn't he calling him Tommy? Yeah. I think he was calling him Tommy when he was talking about Tom Brady there. Man, I don't think I've ever met Brady Quinn, have I? Yeah. No. How would I know? Well, I think it would have been with you. We might have ran into the combine the one year. I don't know if we met him though. Is what? he just a? He just looks like a uh, yeah. like Captain America yeah. robot. Is that what he is in real life? Does he, does he is he a human or no? I mean, he wanted to go to Michigan. He's from Columbus. He loves heat. Yeah, he Tom. loves heat. He does TV really well, right? Cool guy though. Yeah, you're a big fan of yeah. Brady. Oh, he's awesome. Yeah, he's leaving town today. Yeah, he's a, a giant human. He's he's all legs. Like I always joke with him that his his like hips are come up to like where my nipples are. Like he's <laughs> all legs. Like he's just a weirdly giant dude with a big head and he's always tan and you know he's he's a genetic freak he looks great is that chops yeah chops had like he had like records like physical fitness records with the marine corps back in the day that stood for a long time i guess i by the way chops is the best he stood up and hey chops hey (laughs) did the whole thing and they sat back down and and i didn't even at that moment because i was so taken back by chops i didn't even think like this is the guy that created Brady Quinn. <laughs> yeah. you know I mean, it wasn't like because that—that's one of our—that's one of our best humans, I think, that yeah. have been put together. I mean, just kind of pieced together. There, he is a physical. Did you guys always try to out alpha each other there early? Whenever you uh, you came into the family? Oh yeah. No, I mean, uh, obviously, I think when she told him, like, "Oh, hey, I'm I'm talking to this guy. It's pretty serious," and it was me. He said, "That's the worst idea you could ever have. Like, oh. why would you go out with a football guy? All this stuff." He didn't know me. And I told her, there you go, don't fall. No, that's my calf. <laughs> For the serious listeners, I think Pat had a cramp and he almost thought of his chair. <laughs> Not a Dak Prescott cramp either. <laughs> like a real one there, up in the leg locked up. But yeah, so he didn't like you early, huh? I, well, yeah, and she told me that. And I was like, that's how he should feel. If I had a sister, I would say, get away from any football player. What are you thinking? Don't talk to them. Hey, way to play that. You know what I mean? Real political. Yeah. Hey, yeah. That's, he's right. Yeah. Hey, he's right. Yeah, Stay hey, away right. from me. Hey, what'd your dad say? Oh, he hates my guy. Oh, he's right. Yeah. He's right. You should. I'm a sack of shit. Yeah. I'm the worst. You're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's how it went. Uh, sorry, AJ. We just got carried away there a little bit. Let's talk about some news that is happening around the NFL. Bill Belichick was squatting in the Eagles facility. I don't know if you saw the picture. It has already been created into a T-shirt that Boston Connor cannot wait to put onto mm-hmm. his body. Uh, him squatting, getting after it, a couple twenty fives on the side, little uh, maybe a little active. Uh, what's that called? Whenever you're stretching, uh, mobility, I don't know, whatever it is. Some smart person will know, probably AJ. Calisthenics. Calisthenics, maybe. He was just getting after it. Or was this a full lift? This was a warm-up set. How come we didn't get the photo with 315 on that bar? That's what I want to know. It's always a narrative against Bill Belichick, but I fucking love that he's getting under a bar at whatever age he is at in front of others letting you know, hey, this is what Bill Belichick does on a daily basis when you can't see me. I love this man. I mean, how could you not? Yeah, well, he's in his 60s, right? I don't know exactly. 69. How he's about to be 70. 
Dang, he looks great. He's he, dude's almost seventy years old. Yep. Yeah, and look at that form too. You know, he grew up in the Navy, right? Yeah. So his dad was the Navy football coach. So he grew up like in the Naval Academy. They consider him like very much a part of the family, the coaching staff, the football staff. I think even the teachers and professors. I think he has like even a wing, maybe. Like there is something, maybe an office. The whole thing. They, he is never going to get caught on camera with bad form look at his i mean that is oh yeah chest up 69 years old chest up oh, yeah. arms back head up by the way i assume his feet are firmly square on oh the, yeah i mean it is perfect form out of bill belichick i didn't think of him to be a meathead to be honest but it makes sense was the message for uh for brady wearing those michigan shorts yeah is that the michigan m or oh. are we 100 percent sure with that i mean it looks like it, it looks right? like go yeah. blue yeah what if it's like, uh, what if it's, uh, what if, what if it's like a hat? Like, what if he's bashing M with his shorts? Like, what if there's oh. like something that we can't see crossed under, out, cropped out at the bottom there? Like, fi- like you stinks. know, stinks at the across <laughs> the bottom. Like, well, that would be so awesome uh, if that's the case. But we couldn't. We tried to find who took this. It's from an article. Yeah, it's from this. We because one person tweeted out the picture of this, and as soon as we saw it, it was like. Pfft. That is the, Bill's probably my pissed. God. Hey, don't you think Bill's pissed? He's like, hey, why'd you get my warm-up set? Like, I, I, I got up to 375 or something. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, why is everybody painting Most this people image? aren't looking, though. Most people aren't looking and seeing it's a 25 on the side. Well, they should have at least... First thing I looked at. I was going to say. Is that the first thing you First thing you see. Of course. It's the first thing I saw. And yeah, but. yeah, I go right to the face. Is this cropped? Does it look like this is actually... No, it seems like that's actually good form. 25s. What's going on, Bill? Bill. <laughs> What are we doing? <laughs> what they don't show is the stress ball beneath him that he's actually standing on to make that even harder. Oh, and then, that Bosa ball. Yeah, boom. Yep. Exactly. Okay. That, yep. Two of them. Actually, one foot is uh-huh. on. Really I good mean, bounce. Plus, yes. there's the bands on the side. Uh, They're on the edge. Yeah, oh, yeah. They might him. be. Yeah. They uh-huh. might be over there. The chains. Chains yeah. as well. There's chains on the side there. So, that's actually 405. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Warm up. That's actually 405. Uh, shout out to Bill fucking getting after it. <laughs> also, while they were at camp, um, Sirianni and Bill Belichick were speaking to each oh. other. And uh, Bill, classic. He is a classic whistle twirler. He's a big-time whistle mm-hmm. twirler. And then whenever he stops your conversation, that thing is wrapped very tight around his fingers. Oh, yeah. Normally you see it. There's a little bit of purple there at the tail end of it. That's why he doesn't have long conversations with anybody, I don't think, because he's got to get back to twirling mm. the goddamn whistle. Him and Sirianni talking. Sirianni's laughing, okay? And I wonder what Bill is saying. Like, Do you think Bill has seen his press conferences? Do you think Bill knows <laughs> about less thinking, more athlete doing? Like, Do you think Bill knows that much? Or is Bill just strictly talking to him about football, what his football team looks like because allegedly Jalen Hurts looks good and the Eagles look good in this joint practice. Is that all Bill knows you think or do you think he has somebody do a little research on, hey, what type of fucking guy am I talking to? Like, <laughs> well, he actually, he brought up Kobe Oshie in the last interview uh, press conference that he did. And do you think Bill liked that or hated that? And do, do they have any relationship? I don't think so, right? This is no coaching overlapping at all here. I don't, I don't know if they overlapped at all or what the relationship was like before this chat. I mean, Sirianni seems to be having a great time. Bill's not laughing, it looks like, in this talk. But, I, I mean, I, I would have to think Bill has seen that presser. Like, he, he has buddies that send him texts and show him things. Like, I'm sure he has most likely seen that. Like, you know, Saban doesn't Saban say he only watches the Weather Channel and he knows nothing of what's going on. Like, I, I would guess they know a little bit more than we think. I love, by the way, when some of my friends – 
kind of take the baton and they're like, you know what, I'm going to be the one that texts Pat stuff that he needs to know about. You know what I mean? That, that'll come out of nowhere. Every once in a while, one friend will just start doing that, that I haven't talked to in a long time. Hey, have you seen this? And it's just some terrible video. I'm like, what? Why is this happening? Oh, I just thought, you know, you don't get to see a lot. You're always working or whatever. It's, okay, I appreciate that. And then another one. I would love to be one of those people for Bill Belichick. Oof. Hey, Bill, this is what's going on out in the real world, all right? Just keep you updated and just fucking filtering things in. There's a lot going on right now. I don't know if I'm necessarily the right person to do that. He's got people at the Navy, though, that can deal with oh, that. Oh, yeah. Big but who is that group around him? Like, is that, is that Probably like Lombo? Lombo. His, Lombo, his boys, Brian Belichick. You always see Steve, but really, Brian is also, hey, Bill, you see this? Check it out. Sirianni's a big, dumb dipshit. Make sure when you talk to him, you tell him to stop talking. Jeez. Hey, that's his, just what he said. His girlfriend, me. though. I bet it's his girlfriend's kids that keep him in the loop, too. Oh. He has kids that are around. Like, they're young. They keep you up. Bill Belichick is the best. He has committed his entire life to the game. There's, yeah. He's not the first. Okay, I'm not saying he's the first person to ever do this as if this is, you know, an anomaly situation. But I was watching him coach that preseason game, and it appeared as if he gave a fuck, you know? And I'm like, how? <laughs> you're 69 years old, dude. You know, like Liz, you're 69 yeah. years old. Just live your life. Like at some point, you're supposed to be in the suite up there watching the game. Like at some point, like most humans lose the the drive to care. They lose the passion for something that is just taken over their life completely since they're he loves everything about football, loves everything about coaching. And I'm not saying that other NFL coaches don't do that, but normally if you don't have immense amount of success, you're not going to be able to do it until you're 70. Other people are going to make that decision for you. He is still general managing, head coaching, staying at the office, 69 years old, hasn't looked back and had that moment at all that Bruce Arians talked about where the first time he retired from Arizona, he said, my wife told me it was Jake's birthday the other day. I said, how, how old? And she said, 40. I said, 40? <laughs> and he's like, man, I missed a lot of things here coaching football. And he went into retirement, said, wide ass, open on CBS. They told him he couldn't say that anymore. He said, I fucking hate this. <laughs> Sitting at home, he gets back into the game, and who knows how he's acting pre-retirement and post-retirement. But that commitment to the game, like, I have so much respect for it. Just so much respect for that amount of dedication, uh, dedication to the league. How, well, how can you not have so much respect for it? But I think Bill is probably as motivated as he's ever been in the last 20 years. Think about it. With Tom, there was always the pressure like, all right, we need to continue this dynasty. We want to make sure we don't fall off. Let's, let's keep going. And I'm sure he felt that, and that's what he was using to his players. Now he's like, hey, people are doubting me. People think I – they're questioning if it's, is it Bill or is it Tom. I'm sure he doesn't say that. He probably gives – if it's in his brain, he tucks that deep, deep in his brain, doesn't let people know. But – I think, yeah, if he wants to win, he wants to win now more than he ever has. What if he has, like, a, uh, a rage room in his office somewhere? Oh. It's just, like, this room that everybody thinks is just a wall of frame, a po <laughs> photos or whatever, and he pushes a button, and it <laughs> opens up, and he goes in there, and he just has a baseball bat, and it's just, like, TVs, TVs with Tom's picture <laughs> on it. <laughs> Motherfucker. Yeah. You know, I fucking... The flake gets <laughs> just he, may, he loses his mind, acts like a child for four to five minutes, and puts the bat down, takes his shoes off, and everything else like he's Mr. Brooks. Yep. And then he walks out of the rage room, <laughs> pushes the button, and it just goes back. And then the NFL Films comes in. And, oh, it's really fun watching this. <laughs> oh yeah, John's like, what does he? He might be right. I mean, it, it seems like that there could be the case. And then he yells, he's probably like, man, where's? Where's Easterby? He used to clean this place up. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
It's like Tom Moore, right? Like Tom Moore came oh. out last year when he was 82. He's like, hey, I'm going to do this till I die. There's nothing else I want to do. You got to assume he kind of has that similar mindset. I got to lose some weight at <laughs> some point. I'm too fat for my age. I said that 10 years ago. I don't think he has changed anything. That guy still stressed out, still has a call sheet, still, I think, giving advice to people at this point in football. He's unbelievable. Yeah, he'll be in the Hall of Fame. Tom oh, yeah. Moore will be in the Hall of Fame. He, but he won't be there for it. Like, a lot of these guys, I feel like they're going to literally coach until, you know, mm-hmm. until yeah. they're forced out. Whether And if you're good at coaching, you're never going to be forced out because who's going to force you out? Nobody. Somebody's going to force you out if you're a great coach. That's not going to happen. And a lot of these guys are going to be great. For, I mean, it's just... Football coaches are a different fucking breed. I mean, it's yep. just a different breed of human. Bill Belichick's still squatting at 69. Hell just, yeah. That's all you need to know about. <laughs> Bill Belichick, not only is he, you know, the greatest of all time, GM and head coach, which will never get talked about, he's also squatting at the age of 69. Let's assume there's other things Bill Belichick does that none of us are ever going to think about doing as well. What a human being, AJ. Don't you think well, for him, too, like part of it is, I mean, very rarely do you get to, like, hand the reins off to, like, both of your sons for like an actual you know like dynasty or franchise i mean like it, you know there have been guys whose dads were head coaches but i feel like it never happens in the same franchise like he's one of the only people who actually has that opportunity well belichick's kids would have never seen his, their dad right if they didn't coach oh uh, yeah probably never <laughs> i, I would that's... say oh three weeks in the summer after football season hey, mitt, they have some time mitt mitt honestly <laughs> mitt when it was football season how often did you see your dad? Never, right? I mean, let's not, your dad's the fucking man. Like, let's say he's not burying your dad, but NFL football coaches, your entire life is is kind of committed to the game, right? Uh, I would see him if I would wake up and take, like, a piss at 3 a.m. He would leave at about 5.30 and get back at, like, 11.30, 12 at night. Every day. That's special teams. What? Yeah. He had to be on meth. I don't believe it, by the way. <laughs> Your dad's doing meth, man. We got to fucking keep an eye on him. Uh, joining us now is a man who's lost an amount of weight that you would go, maybe this guy's doing a little illegal activity that Ryan's yeah. with. It's getting created and cooked in the back of an RV. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He has become an absolute dime of a male. He lost... 50 to 60 pounds, it seems like. He already had a very watery frame, and now he's every morning getting after it, so he can be the best he can be on television every single day but the last couple weeks because I think he's been on the same beach that he's calling from right now. Ladies and gentlemen, the authority on quarterback conversation at ESPN, Dan Orlovsky. What's going on, Dan? That's the first time I've ever been introduced in regards to meth use as well, so good start. So you have a good tan. You do look thin. The teeth seem to be all there. No meth or anything, huh? It's, um, <laughs> I have no comment on that. I have no oh, comment on that. I don't oh. know how to respond to that. Okay. So huh? maybe he's using that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just a little. Just a little bit of meth. No big deal. I saw your beautiful family in the back there. Uh, you're enjoying this time off before we get back on the TV, what, seven, eight hours a day on yeah. ESPN or what, Dan? Yeah, I am six days away, man. Um, this is my last. We always do this week in Seattle City, New Jersey. This is the last week for me and the family because once Monday the 23rd comes, it's, I mean, it's seven days a week till Super Bowl, essentially. So this is our kind of last week as a family to have some time together. So, yeah. 
All right, we're excited for you. We hope you are enjoying your family time. We thank you for joining us. Let's get right into it. Quarterback controversies all around the league. Uh, there's a bunch of competitions. There's a lot going on. Which storyline, which young quarterback do you think starts first? Which, other than Trevor Lawrence, who's going to be the starter, unless Gardner Minshew can get him. But which young guy, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, what young guy you think is going to get in there first, Dan? Yeah, I mean, first of all, Gardner Minshew is not going to start. That's, that's I, I don't even think he's going to be on the team. Okay, so well, he didn't take a poop for two on, weeks because he didn't want to be number. Th- oh, you're saying he I might be number four? Oh, no, I think someone's going to go try and trade for him. I, I think I think he's going to be uh, a, a person that teams want to go trade for after they watch their guys play. I, I, I just think after I watched what Justin Fields did week one. I sit there and go, there's just no way. There's just no way that Matt Nagy, because I, and I sent this tweet out this morning. There's two reasons why nowadays that you would not start a first round rookie quarterback. Number one, if the team is so bad around him that you are sincerely concerned about ruining the kid. And that means, dude, our offensive line is terrible and our skill position guys are terrible. Like if you got a good group of either one, you start that kid. And then the second reason would be can he doesn't have any trait or quality after you've got him into your building and on practice fields and, and in preseason games. He doesn't have a trait or quality that's going to allow him to survive a little bit. You know, you don't want to put a guy out there where he's just incapable of surviving, whether it's hits, whether it's, you know, rushes. I can't get away from the humans trying to hit me. Um, my arm is not strong enough to fit it into windows, whatever that is. And if once you realize that, that's when you also realize you took the wrong guy. So I just don't think any of these first-round quarterbacks have those problems. I think Jacksonville is good enough with Trevor. I think the Jets are going to be so much better on offense that Zach Wilson is going to be plenty good and his athleticism is going to be good enough for him to play. I think Trey Lance, I will say this, Trey Lance's first preseason game, gave me a little bit of pause where he is with his protection handling because there's a third and nine down in the red zone, I believe it was. There's a hot, and he's staring right at it, and he goes to throw it, and he doesn't. And I would have to sit in a meeting room with him and be like, why didn't you throw this ball? Because okay. you don't want the kid to, to – to, you don't want that to be a repetitive thing. But his athleticism and his big playmaking ability, I'd start in week one. I would. I've said that since they oh, took him. Oh, Jimmy start G, week take one. a hike. Well, I just – He's handsome. Wh- Trey does so much more for your offense. Is he going to be not as good, not as efficient, so to speak, in your passing game? Is he going to make more mistakes than Jimmy G and probably the minor details? Absolutely. But he's also going to create so much more for everybody. Um, think about RG3 2012. Did you play against RG3 in 2012? Uh, no, but AJ? I won. No, yeah. Right. Uh, I, yeah, I believe. I, I don't know what year I played. I played against him when he was playing well, though, for sure. Dude, I remember in 2012 when we played against him. Guys were wide open, just wide open. It's because everything was built so much off of their run game, the quarterback run game. So I think it just makes their team so much better and dangerous. Um, again, I, I, if Matt Nagy watches the same game as me with Justin Fields and says Andy can do more for us, I, I, I struggle to believe that. And then Mac Jones, I thought Mac Jones looked really good. I just think their offense can be so efficient with Mac Jones at quarterback in New England. Hey, what about all those young quarterbacks you mentioned? Which one of them do you think has the best setup around them with as far as the coach, the scheme, the fit, the players? Like who is who is the, the best setup for success? I'm taking Trey Lance out of it because I think Trey Lance is the no-brainer answer. Just Kyle Shanahan is 
is one of the best offensive minds we've had in the NFL in 20 years. So what's he? Hey, I don't think, Dane, what's he do yeah. different? Why? Why is he? How does he separate himself? Yeah, I think first of all, Kyle goes. There's 53 yards side to side on every single play, and, and I think he 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 takes a very um, strategic way of attacking those yards. You know, I don't know if he he has the greatest. It's not like he knows exactly where those yards are going to be every play, but he's going to give those guys the best chance to utilize those yards. Do you know what I'm saying? He goes so so yeah. so often coaches play in a box or they coach in a box like side, hash to hash or something or hash to sideline. And Kyle just goes, well, I got 53 every single play. And I'm going to figure out a way to give our guys a chance to attack those 53 yards the greatest way possible. I think he uses space better than everybody. I think he dictates personnel grouping to people more often than not. You know, he he creates so many mismatches, and it's not just in the pass game. You know, he'll get George Kittle blocking safeties. Oh. It's just not right. You know, he'll get Juszczyk, um one-on-one on a linebacker. out. You know, it's just he creates these receivers on linebackers when you go, why is that linebacker covering Debo Samuel on a slant route? So I think he just does it in a creative you know, unique way better than anybody. So I'm taking Trey Lance out of that conversation. I actually believe it's Mac Jones. No, yeah. um, I just think, yeah. one, the way they coach the position, two, the offensive line, uh, three, the usage of tight ends. Um, I think that Mac Jones has got a really good chance to be really good in New England. All right, what are you hearing about Carson Wentz? You know, Carson shows up in town, has a couple great practices. Literally, Pythagorean theorem told me he threw a ball 97 yards across the field. Wow. Yeah, it was incredible. He was having he was making free throws. He was dominant. And then all of a sudden that bone that has been lodging his foot since high school decided to come back out and he had to get surgery. He's already swiftly walking here two weeks after the surgery. Have you reached out to him and texted him? I know that you and he are very close. And what are your thoughts there? Yeah, just to confirm, I've never said a single word to Carson once. Um, I have not reached out to him. Really? I, I no, 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 no. When you were doing that entire Carson Wentz song and dance on ESPN, at some point, you guys had to have an interaction. Are you calling me a liar? I didn't. Carson Wentz did when he was sitting right here, though. Boom. <laughs> Carson Wentz said right here when he was sitting right here. He did. You've never talked to the guy, really? I've never said a word to him. No, I just was doing my job. You know, I think he's a good player. I also hate when people are just constant haters on guys. And he was easy target. My wife being from Philly, Dallas Cowboys fans are like, you know, stubbing your toe on the end of the bed, just super annoying. So it just kind of fit the narrative that year, and I had some fun with. So, Dan, you did it, Dan. Dan. (laughs) Oh, Jerry Jones ain't gonna like to hear that. Mm -hmm. Uh Jerry Jones, I'm sure he's a great guy. I'm sure he's a great guy. I, I could say this. I know when the news broke of the surgery, I texted Frank Reich and Chris Ballard. I just like, hey, hey, fingers crossed for you guys, you know, like hopefully everything works out. And Frank got back to me briefly. He was like, thanks, man. And I think Chris is one of the cool general managers of the NFL because he interacts a little bit. And he's like, listen, man, we got time. We're, we're, we're hopeful that it's going to be best case scenario. And I could just tell you, I'm, I'm really excited for this team. and I'm really excited for this quarterback. Like, I think we got a chance to do some really good stuff. And I just think – um, yeah, that's what Chris said. He didn't tell you that. Yeah, <laughs> probably. He probably doesn't think you can comprehend that. You know, too much information at once. Whoa! Um, Whoa. Listen, Beach Dan. All right. <laughs> um, and I just think, dude, this. I would say this for the Colts, and I've said this on air. I, I, it's going to be a very different team in middle, middle, you know, back end of October into December than we see in September. 
they were always going to be waiting on Eric Fisher. They were always going to be waiting for Quiddy Pay to get his footing underneath him. They were always going to be waiting for some of their young players, Pittman and Taylor, to kind of take off. So what they do in September, I don't think has a tremendous amount of impact on who they'll be in back in the November, December. He texted you back immediately upon hearing about this injury, and he said that all that information that you said, that was his first text back to you? Um, yeah, he just said, Thanks, man. I, and he just said time is on their side. You know, they, they wanted to be patient. And and um, he just think they got a chance to be a really good team at the back end of the fall. He didn't tell me. He didn't say what? what? I said, is this serious? What, what was your question, though? Like, what, what was your question to him? What the fuck, dot, 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 is this serious? <laughs> <laughs> that was my question. I did not get any response. Kind of no response. Yeah, Interesting. Well, then Frank came on the show and told us a little something, something similar to what he said there, but... Chris didn't I tell just me. think they showed good discipline with not yeah, having a panic, him. you know, not not having a panic. Yeah, he loves you. He loves you. He constantly, he's constantly saying nice things about you. That's very nice of him. So do the people. <laughs> so do the people of South New Jersey, by the way. The people of Seattle City, New Jersey. Yeah. I have to hear, if I have to hear one more person say, "Dude, Pat McAfee shows the best." Yeah, what are you I can't do? go any. I can't. No, I'm not gonna do anything. I'm just gonna kind of <laughs> nod my head and be like, yeah. "Yeah." I can't go anywhere without people ha- tell me how great you are. Well, that's good news for me. I don't. I don't ever hear it. So anytime you hear it, let me know. That'd be fantastic. I appreciate that. And also, New Jersey, by the way, University of West Virginia, basically in New Jersey. I was. I was very much entrenched in New Jersey folk for four years. I loved it, you know, because once you go from uh, Pittsburgh Italians to Jersey Italians, it's a pretty good little transition there, and that was basically the first 21 years of my life. What's that? Are Are you a beach guy? Do you like the beach? Nah, no. I'd rather look at the water, but I don't want to be out there. Like, I, I I saw you and your kids at that one place whenever we were at the same spot. You jogged all the way out to that beach, oh. and then there was something you forgot. You jogged all the mm-hmm. way back, and you... See, what I was, I was hot on the uh, on the hotel, not actually, and I was just looking, and I watched you do that thing. You love getting out there in the sand, though. Like, you love that. This is big or lost. I hated the beach. I hated the beach before I had kids. I hated it. I hated it. I hated it. I hated it. And then my, now my kids are here. We're... I enjoy it just because it's time with that, you know. Now, AJ has another question for you, but before we get to that, I have to ask, because I, I said you're on meth coming in with the amount of weight you lost. You look really good. Are you going to get fat during the season, or is this the new Dan? Is this going to be you forever? Yeah, I've, I've always, you know, I, I've always tried to, since football got done, well, honestly, since our kids were born, my wife got super into, like, trying to lose baby weight, so... I kind of went on it with her. I've got an ego, so that's part of it as well. No. Um, what? Yeah, no. Yeah, breaking news, breaking news. Put it on the so, ticker. Boom. Yeah, yeah. Put it on the ticker. Um, that's and crazy. I just, I've, honestly, I like to work out strictly for my mental capacity. I get into a bad place if I don't. So, um, yeah, no, I'm, I, 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 I like to be physically fit. <laughs> okay. Go ahead, AJ. Hey, Dane, what's your what's your schedule look like? I know you're saying you're going to be working until the Super Bowl. Like, do you, Are you doing any different games? Are you going to do any NFL games? Well, ESPN, I guess. They don't really have NFL other than Monday night. What's your schedule like? Are you changing things up? Uh, no, it'll be somewhat similar to last fall. You know, watch games all day Sunday, Monday, get up, first take, NFL Live, Tuesday. Right. Probably a combination of that. Wednesday, right. combination right. of that. Right. Thursday, combination of that. Right. And Friday, fly out for games. Saturday, call college games. I, I open up with Michigan on September 4th, so I've got that game on Saturday. Ooh. I would bet. Harbaugh's yeah. pushing sleds. Hell yeah. Yeah, Harbaugh, I saw him. 
song. Could you push that song? Um, yes. I think um, I'm hopeful, you know, last year we did the mega cast for the playoff game, the NFL live crew. I'm hopeful to do some stuff. I heard those Manning brothers might've taken some of our shine Ooh. losers. Yeah. It's um, so I don't know. If, I don't know if we did a mega cast for like the Monday night football game. I don't know how many viewers we would get opposite the, the Monday night crew and the Manning brothers. Well, my wife might watch, but other than that, I don't know if it would be a hot ticket. So I'm hoping to be able to party. Calling. I want to call NFL games. I know that. That is that is something I want to do in my future. The world wants you to call NFL games, by the way, because listening to you call college games is ridiculous because there's no reason that you should care about some of the games that you call the way you do. I mean, he goes, he goes. oh, I was watching 10 hours of film on this guy that I'll never hear from again. Mm-hmm. And I, like, I appreciate your dedication to that. Can't wait to see you with Michigan. Do not go up against the Mannings on Monday night. That is a bad idea. I think Omaha production is going to do really well. Were you and Peyton ever teammates? Weren't you? You guys crossed over a little bit, right? The year you came in here and almost lost us Andrew Luck. Well, won us out of Andrew Luck almost there. Yeah, I, was, I mean, I guess we were teammates, right? I mean, I was with you, so yeah. I would hope that you would remember those times. Um, yeah, but I don't remember. Yeah. Was Peyton ever around? I don't remember if he was around yeah, during the season. I'll never forget that he was around. I remember the first my one of my first interactions with Peyton with Peyton was in a in a walkthrough. That's not. I'm not telling that story. In a walkthrough, I remember. We were doing a walkthrough, and I was taking the reps. And you know, as a walkthrough, everything is. Yeah. Hey, what's going is, on? What's going on, dude? Uncle Pat, Uncle AJ. Um, hey, when you turn 18, I'll buy you some smokes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were doing a walkthrough. He's probably selling them all like you. Yeah, hopefully not. And you guys know walkthroughs are a lot, a lot tamer. And so I was in the of like, hey, here's the play. Double right, two jet, all go, ready, break. You walk to the line of scrimmage. Your voice is super quiet. And Peyton's like, hold up. F up, like, what are you doing? And I'm going, uh, I got nothing for you. I don't know. And he's like, no, 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 let me show you to do it. He brings the huddle and he starts screaming, like, double right, two general going one three. And he gets to the line scrimmage and he's walking around, like, and we're in a we're in the indoor facility by ourselves, and he's screaming, Hey you, you're hot off him, check, check, yo. And I'm just standing there, he's like, You guys, you got it. All of a sudden he starts to sweat. He's sweating as he's talking because he's so intense. And I was just sitting there going, Yeah, I guess. It's one of the reasons why we're different is you can do that. And I'm like, hey, uh, so that's why, yeah, it was my brief interaction with him. Yeah. And those two, that quick interaction there. And then I think there was a film one as well that I assume went just as well as that one did. What's that? There was no. Yeah, there was that, that film when I was, you know, studying for a preseason game. We're in the, I'm in the hotel room. I'm going to play a bunch. I'm going to watch film by myself. Peyton had thrown that morning. This is when the next happening. He had thrown that morning, but he didn't want anyone to know about it or see it and whatnot. I'm watching film getting ready by myself in the room, and the door gets knocked on, and Peyton's there, and he peeks his head. He's like, hey, man. I'm like, what's up? Because you you mind if I watch some film? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, dude, you're, you're Peyton freaking Manning. Yeah. Like, come on, bud. Yeah, that's cool. You know, so I gather my stuff, and I go sit in the chair, and he sits in the chair that I was in watching it with the teleprompter, and he looks around, and he goes, alone. <laughs> 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 and I was like, ah, my bad. So I packed my stuff up and left. <laughs> How'd you do? How'd you oh, do no. in the preseason game? How'd you do? I threw, I, if I'm correct, I think I threw a pick on like the third play of the game for a corner <laughs> from Pittsburgh. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> I can't even do a fucking walkthrough. You want to watch film with me? I do not think that is the way this is going to go. What an amazing... I, I, 
Did you take anything you learned from those encounters and watching Peyton and apply it to this incredible te uh, television career you have? Yeah, I, I really thought that Peyton had an incredible way. This, I, I think this is the really big thing I took from him. Peyton had an incredible way of understanding every one of his teammates, I feel, and making the time to learn about them and understand that that was going to positively impact his personality and the way that he interacts with everybody. You know, like I always say the, the backup quarterback, again, I learned this from Peyton in my role, was, you know, you've got to be able to talk and hang out with and bond with the 21-year-old who just got drafted, he's got all this money, and he's single in a city, and he wants to go out and enjoy that lifestyle. But then also the 30-year-old who's at home who is a father and a husband who, like, really enjoys that lifestyle. So how do you connect with both those guys? Because they're completely different humans. And I thought Peyton had a really good way about them. He was just super intentional. He found out what guys liked and what didn't like. And I thought he just took really took the time to, like, understand people and you know, have certain aspects within his own personality that were going to be easy to make that kind of bond or friendship real. We have to go to a break on Sirius XM Channel 82, Mad Dog Sports Radio. <coughs> we'll be back in four minutes, probably wrapping up this conversation with Dan that continues at youtube.com forward slash the Pat McAfee Show. As these commercial breaks run, remember, this is good shit. You should buy it. Mm -hmm. We'll see you in four minutes. We did it. All right, Dan, we're live on YouTube still. Don't say anything. It might get you, you know, don't get you in trouble. All right, we're, there are people watching. Actually, the people that are watching right now are the only people we're actually able to tell people that are watching, right. listen, because mm -hmm. we get no numbers from Sirius. So it's like, could be one, could be two million. Have no idea how many people listen on Sirius. It's basically, is it anybody out there we have no idea so we appreciate you joining us here uh peyton manning kicking you out of the film room is awesome him teaching how to do a walkthrough even better what you do on tv really cool i think ty because of how good you are on television ty said i can't wait to day to ask dan orlovsky this question yeah i love dan who doesn't love dan but dan uh Jordan Love looked pretty good the other oh. night with the exception of uh, the strip sack and getting dinged up a little bit. But then on ESPN this morning, I see you know everyone's saying that, oh, the Packers are in trouble if, he, if he's not ready to go and that the Packers also aren't really happy with his development right now. What, what, did, what did you think after watching that game? Like, I mean, is this more of a project than a lot of people anticipated? I thought it looked fantastic for being the first time he played live football in 603 days. <laughs> oh. You know, like... I uh, it was the first time he played live football in over 600 days. And I thought he was lights out. That ball that he throws the Sternberger down the seam on third and eight is awesome. I'd say the biggest difference that stood out to me from his college tape and watching that brief game the other night was how rhythmic he's, he was. You know, he looked very rhythmic. And when I say that, every everything seemed to be tied together. You know, his drop was tied to the route concept and that's rare for a young quarterback especially a guy who hasn't played a ton because you always revert back to poor habits or habits that are part of your past where you're, you're often speeding things up or taking an extra hitch when you're not supposed to like that you know hopping with the football and then you're a blink late and then the ball is placed where it's not supposed to be or someone can break it up i thought he was incredibly rhythmic and that tells me that he's got a really good feel for what they're teaching him um i thought he threw the ball well especially in their play action game also, so uh, listen, we and anybody that was thinking he wasn't a project was misinformed, um, and that's on them. Also, this was the plan. I, I truly believe this was their two-year 
you know, 730 day plan for Green Bay when they drafted him was just to continue to take the talent and try to, you know, build it into this scheme that quarterbacks always get propped up in this scheme. Always. Every quarterback that's ever played in the system plays better than their talent actually is. And I, I think if I'm Green Bay, I'm sitting there going, after game one, I'm very, very pleased with the way he looks. So Aaron Rodgers isn't as good as he looks? Huh? What do you mean? You just said with a very broad brush, I think I saw him actually. <laughs> yeah. Every quarterback that plays in this scheme plays better than they actually are with a broad brush. You said every single one. So whenever you say that, I can't help but think of myself. Did you just say Aaron Rodgers stinks and it's a scheme that makes him good? Is that what you just Yeah, that's no, that's exactly what I said. Um, I, I think wow. that Kirk Cousins goes from good quarterback to, wow, he had a really good season. Jimmy Garoppolo goes from solid quarterback to a good quarterback. Ryan Tannehill goes from a bust to a top 10 player. Baker Mayfield goes from you stink to 28 touchdowns and nine interceptions. Valid. Aaron Rodgers at Valid. the age of, I think Aaron's 37 or 38, I think throws for 48 touchdowns and it is the runaway run MVP. So what I'm saying is it takes quarterbacks with where they are and it elevates them. And he's going to throw for a hundred touchdowns on a two year span. So Aaron's that's not me saying Aaron's not remarkable. Dude's unbelievable. Yeah. 48 touchdowns at his age is ridiculous. Yeah. And I think the really cool thing you did there was you said, uh, Great to have you back here on SiriusXM Channel 82. The conversation with uh, Dan Orlovsky continues here as we wrap up beautiful hour two on this Tuesday, August 17th, 2021. I think the fascinating thing that Dan just did during the break, and SiriusXM listeners, I will bring you back up to speed real quickly. He talked about the scheme being used that Jordan Love got a chance to execute after 603 days of not playing live football. And then he said the scheme actually makes quarterbacks look a lot better than they might actually be. And then he rattled off a, a group of people to put into one bucket, okay? Right. He said Kirk Cousins, what? whenever he got in the scheme, became a great, great quarterback all of a sudden. He said Baker Mayfield, mm -hmm. Jordan Love, Jimmy, uh, G. Jimmy Garoppolo, and then obviously Aaron Rodgers, you know? Huh. So, yeah. hey, Dan, I think I – think, I think it's fascinating to think that that scheme just makes you better because I think all those guys have kind of water has found their level, hasn't they? Like, is Jordan Love, then do you see Jordan Love potentially being a trade piece for one of those other uh, offenses? And what is that? Uh, who created the offensive scheme that it is? Is that Shanahan's thing? Is this who, who, who made this offense and made every quarterback successful? And why doesn't everybody do this? Well, it, I think it's Mike Shanahan and Gary Kubiak's scheme from 30 years ago. The difference between nowadays and that scheme is Kyle, Matt LaFleur have brought new age um, found foundational pieces of offensive philosophy, meaning, again, space, the utilization of space, the utilization of pre-snap and at-snap motion, but still with the starting points of that run game married with that play-action pass and bootleg game. Those are two different things as well. So like those guys built it. They built it. And now those guys are constantly evolving it. That they're, they're not resting on it. They're, they're constantly evolving it into modern-day football. Do I think that Jordan Love could be a trade piece? I said this last week, and people didn't – I don't know if they didn't appreciate it, but, like, I don't think what Jordan Love does this preseason has a tremendous amount of impact on what the Packers' plans are next year. I think what Aaron Rodgers does and or chooses to do completely controls what the Packers do at quarterback next year. I, I do believe from wait, what I know. Wait, wait, I thought, I thought nothing happened. I thought Aaron 
Wait. Yeah, wait a minute. Huh? Oh, no, no. You. Never mind. Aaron does control what's going on in the future? I think he controls if he wants to stay, right? Does, did did he not say that he's going to leave that open? Well, yeah, yeah. And but, he's still under contract? Yeah, but you said that nothing happened from the entire thing. Remember? Lost. Oh, yeah. He yeah said, you, you what said, I said was, what I said was, he did not get what he ideally wanted, which was, again, according to reports, to be out. That ain't what you said. Damn. Dan, that ain't what, what I said. Dan, that ain't what you said. Go ahead, AJ. Go ahead, AJ. Don't twist my words. That's not, well, twist your words. You, you said are. you actually did this whole Carson Wentz trash bag thing. You remember? Yeah. Now, I'm finding, yours. now I'm finding out that that guy's never even talked to the guy that he was slandering my name for. Are we kidding? Uh, oh, bullshit. Man, be like Elsa. Be like Elsa. What the fuck is an Elsa? <laughs> it's a Disney Channel movie. Toy's making a reference to let it go is what he's trying to say. Thank you, Boston Connor. No, no, I'm not supporting you at all, Dan, and that was the worst Boston accent I've ever heard. I'm just trying to explain to him what's going on. Thank you, Boston Connor. <laughs> hey, I appreciate you, man. Anytime. Hey, I appreciate that. Anytime. I mean, I did, Connor. I did, yeah, go ahead. I appreciate you, too. Even though he's not supporting Dane, I'm a, I, am a, I support you and everything you do, but I want to quickly pivot. I know we have a, a break coming in a little bit, but... Dak Prescott, his shoulder slash lat injury. Have you ever heard of anything like this? You don't. Do you know any quarterbacks that have had this? And are you worried? I'm not worried. No. I, do I know of any quarterbacks that have had that? No. But I bet you most have. I bet you most quarterbacks go through some type of shoulder strain, discomfort, sprain. Um, I've not. I have not been worried about it. I'm not worried about it until he can't play or can't play as well as he wants to. I think everyone made way too big a deal about them talking to the Rangers. The Rangers are in their backyard and literally deal with everybody on their team throws. Every human being on the Rangers throws. Why would you not talk to their people about it? Um, I still think it's a relatively long time till he has to go get ready to play. Is it ideal? No. Would I like to see him back on the field and in preseason games getting some reds before week one? Yes. But I would not put him out there because he's not 100%. And I don't want him in the moment in a preseason game, like straining to go make a throw and then hurting him. This is 17 week season. You guys know, and hopefully for them longer. So I don't have any concern over Dak right now. No, he's throwing 20 to 25 yard balls. That's that's basically like, right. He's throwing. He's going right. And and again, if you could throw 20 to 25 yards, comfort, comfortable and pain free in 10 days, you're going to be way better. And then, and that's still almost two weeks before, two weeks before your first game. So I actually think the Cowboys are doing a good job. And I don't think whether Dak Prescott plays if some snaps in week in the preseason or has any impact on what they're going to do week one. I think they're a long shot to be to win week one anyway, whether he plays twenty preseason snaps or not. So. Um, I just think they're being smart long haul. Dan, we can't thank you enough. We do have to get out of here. I'm sure the people on the beach are appreciative of you giving your breakdowns and them only hearing one side of it. You're always fantastic, not only on here, but also on ESPN. We appreciate you. I appreciate you guys. Boston Connor, thank you for your time, buddy. Appreciate you. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I right. see you, Dan. He's just a daily launch. As truck owners... We were sick and tired of our stuff rattling around back in the bed. Yeah. It was all over the place, unorganized, and even worse, it was just laying out there exposed to the elements and any scumbag walking by. Mm -hmm. That's why we got 
Decked. Yeah. Hell yeah! We're partnering with Deck to give one of you guys a deck drawer system for free. I'll tell you how to enter this contest in a minute, but first, here's why we love Decked. Decked makes organizing, accessing, protecting, and securing everything you need so much easier in the bed of your truck. Each of Deck's two full bed length drawers can carry up to 200 pounds of whatever you got. Their drawers roll out waist high, giving you easy access to your organized tools and gear. The Deck drawer system is weatherproof, 100% made in the USA, and backed by a three year no hassle warranty with a second to none customer service team ready to answer all of your your questions now hey pat how do i win one of these yeah great question aj now about that contest here's how to enter for your chance to win a decked drawer system for your truck go to decked.com slash mcafee that's d-e-c-k-e-d.com slash m-c-a-f-e-e to enter for your chance to win a decked drawer system decked.com slash mcafee no purchase necessary void where prohibited see site for details that's decked.com slash mcafee d-e-c-k-e-d.com slash m-c-a-f-e-e C-A-F-E-E, and you can win this fabulous bed liner called Debt that makes everything easy to use, and you don't have to have a bunch of Rambo jamble in the back. Hell yeah! Didn't know if people that would want the decked bed would actually listen to the show or go to a website to potentially win a free one. Not 100% sure if that's a big pickup truck driving person thing to do, but I want to let you know it has made trucks a lot better around this office. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Hey, it's tough, too. You know what bad I mean? Badass. Yeah, it's Durable. badass. Hey, Does it you... fit all size? Yeah. Fit all size trucks? Yeah, so actually that was quite like a Billy's issue. baby truck and Diggs's big monster Whoa. truck. Whoa! So Diggs doesn't have a monster truck. He's got a 15-gallon tank or whatever in his truck, but that's the... What is it? 23. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, see, in my head, it was a 15-gallon. I thought it was just a little baby boy. It might be 15 gallons less than yours. Oh, but, no, mm. no, no, no. Good truck, then. Your truck is beautiful. I thought it was a little baby gallon. I thought, honestly, I because they were saying it was a Mickey Mouse truck. People that was, were no, that's Bill. Bill was saying that. Bill, yeah. Bill was saying that about your truck. Yeah. Oh, because Bill's got that gray truck. Yeah, nine-gallon like tank. Toyota. On Bill's. <laughs> What's that, dude? Toyota. Are you all right? Not a Ford. That's for sure. Well, Toyota actually turns out Toyota is actually like the most American-made car it, it, that there is. Yeah, it mostly wasn't in built the state Ford of India. Tough, though. Well, well yeah, Ford Tough has been. But anyways, AJ, thanks for causing that conversation to go the way it did. But yeah, there's five and a half foot, six and a half foot, four and a half. Right. They have they have the different sizes of your bed. It was actually a massive mistake. Uh, they asked me what size my bed was, and they gave me couple size options i'm like it's a big one give me that one and it gets here it is not (laughs) it is not that large actually there is much larger sized bed i guess so we fucked that up but you go to deck.com slash mcafee you can win one and we appreciate decked so much i just signed up breaking news breaking news out of the nfl world a defensive player just got paid 
Jamal Adams, who was in contract negotiations with the Seattle Seahawks. The reason he's on the Seattle Seahawks because he was in contract negotiations with the Jets. An absolute stud has now come to terms with the Seattle Seahawks on a four-year, $70 million deal that will make him the league's highest paid safety, I'm told, says Ian Rappaport at Rap Sheet. $38 million guaranteed. Breaking the stalemate a long time coming and well-deserved. It was reported this morning that Jamal wanted $40 million guaranteed, and only $38 million was offered in guarantees from the Seahawks. The Seattle Times had reported that this morning. My first response, literally upon reading that it was a $2 million difference, okay, which is a shit ton of money. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's a lot of money, okay? In comparison to... 70 total million dollars. You can't let 2 million break that contract negotiation. That was literally my first thought. 2 million dollars is what they're fighting over right now. Let's figure this out. There has, hey, let's bygones be bygones. Maybe give somebody uh, an Elton John uh, uh, piano or a guitar or something from Jim Irsay in there. Let's figure it out. They figure it out. They were much better when he was playing, when he was healthy. The Seattle Seahawks get a piece of their defense that they've been looking for for some time. So what do you think they did to make up the difference? Don't you think they could just say, all right, well, let's do some kind of incentive thing if you really really feel strong about getting that extra $2 million, or was it just a, an optics thing? Like he wanted to show, hey, I got 40 guaranteed. Okay, so $40 million guaranteed would be awesome, and let me tell you why. $40 million guaranteed at the safety position would make him the second highest guarantee in the history of the NFL when it comes to the safety position. Landon Collins of Washington signed an $84 million deal average per year is 14 million and he got total guaranteed 44 and a half fully guaranteed 31 million or something like that okay so i'm not sure how this makes him the highest paid safety in the league by any of the numbers that we're currently looking at it's being shaped that way so maybe the average maybe incentives i'm not 100 sure is it because the average is the highest per year? usually the per average year, the per year, they usually yeah. go off the average per year so the average per year this is the highest one for justin simmons of the broncos is 15.25 million per year before this is via spotrack no this is uh over the Cap.com. This is overthecap.com. This is what they have. Buda Baker just signed a deal. His total value is uh, $59 million. He had $33 million guaranteed. Uh, Justin Simmons got $35 million guaranteed. So $38 million guaranteed is the highest as of the most recent contracts. But Landon Collins fucking went to work wow. against Washington down there when he signed for $84 million. Uh, I can't wait to dive into this a little bit more. Maybe there will be escalators that can get him to the $40 million guaranteed if he really wanted that. I thought it was potentially a misprint. I thought maybe they were only getting their information from the Seahawks, the Seattle Times, where we made him this offer, this offer, this is what he wants, and he actually wanted like $45 million because then $7 million would seem like, okay, can't get this done. $2 million, though, yeah, here, at NFL Philosophy, uh, which legit source, obviously, per the Seattle <laughs> Times, the team made its final <laughs> offer last Friday, four-year extension worth $17 mil per year, 38 million guaranteed. Adams wants 40 million guaranteed. The two sides all also differ on cash flow with the Seahawks. So this is kind of what they were holding up allegedly via the Seattle Times and NFL philosophy. They made it work. The standoff ends. Everybody's all kumbaya in Seattle with Russell Wilson and the boys back in the So that tweet says the offer was 17 million a year. He ended up giving 17.5 a year over four years. That could be the makeup of the two million right there if he does end up playing all those. And boom. Now we have a deal made. And now, is the Legion of Boom back? Whoa! Oh. 
No, it's not. No. Right? They had, I don't know. They had four. Yeah. yeah. That were those guys or whatever. But Jamal makes them much, much better, AJ. And they need that yeah. because Russell Wilson, top five player of all time, you got to win to make that happen. And that's what the standoff was with the uh, Seahawks earlier for him, if you do recall. Well, Jamal's a guy that, too, he, he brings, like, a different form of safety play. Like, this dude is one of their best blitzers, too. So you you always have to worry about him. If you're an opposing offensive coordinator, okay, like, this dude – we, we need to watch out because they'll bring him from all these different exotic looks. And you know he, how the dude moves, too. He's special, like how he can move and how physical he is. So I'm, I'm not surprised they, they worked it out. I'm sure the Seahawks absolutely knew, like, hey, if we want to win, we, we do need this guy right now. What was it? He wasn't happy at the Jets, right? Nobody right. No, no, no. Hey, out of here. Goes mm-hmm. to Seattle. It was Gase, right? Yeah, him and yeah. Gase very publicly. Well, it wasn't just yeah. Gase, too. It was the GM, right? Didn't he hate Joe as well? Yeah. Allegedly, Joe was answering calls or something about him whenever he told him he wouldn't. Uh, yeah. And yep. then there was all that drama. Want to be like Aaron Donald, where the Rams wouldn't pick up calls even if they got some. He goes to Seattle, does well, gets hurt, right? Then yeah. he get hurt, mm-hmm. and then he the defense was much better when he was in there. I assume when he got traded, it was under the agreement that he would get a new deal with Seattle. So then when that doesn't happen, I was fascinated to see, you know, the fallout PR-wise. Like, hey, the, the deal was you trade and then we get a deal done. That's why we came here. Uh, but then now he couldn't get a deal done. Was Jamal asking for too much? Was the way that it was being painted by the media with the information coming from Seattle? Like, somebody posted, like, oh, the Jets had the same problem with, uh, with Jamal Adams. It's like, okay, they get a deal done. He's rich. Good for him. Well, the player kind of has leverage there because they did give up two ones or whatever right for him so like if you're not if you're going to trade the two ones and have me what for only one season that's on you definitely a loss but it doesn't mean you have to eat up 20 million dollars a year in your salary cap too you You don't but you knew it though you knew when you traded two ones for the guy like hey this isn't a one-year rental like it's known we're gonna have to work an extension out yeah but what if it didn't work and they didn't do that yeah that i mean that's the risk you take doing that and making those trading two first first rounders for a guy there was a report too that Seattle was ready to say, "Okay, fuck it, we'll franchise, we'll franchise tag you next year, the year after, and the year after that if we have to." And uh, then that, he said he wanted to be, he'd be franchised as a linebacker because that's what he sees himself as. Yes. Oh, the franchise tag is such a problem. That's like the tight ends. I think that's why the tight end university is becoming a real thing. I think they're trying to reset what the market is as well. Yeah, we catch. Just the same amount of balls as those guys making $6 million more a year than us. Interesting. And we block similar to the people that are making $5 million more than us. And then we're just sitting here doing both, getting shit. What is this all <laughs> yeah. Let's go ahead and let's go meet in Nashville. All right, let's go down mm. Trent Hill for a second. Let's, let's shave our faces. Okay. All right. All uh, of us tight ends. Sure. Let's shave our faces and then let's, let's play tight end better. And let's make more money for all tight ends. Travis Kelsey debuted a new face. Uh, to the internet and most whites okay who have beards do have this same exact situation happen on a regular basis when you take the beard off you're you're a completely different human being it happened to me i was forced into it so i could be vince mcmahon and that inevitably end up getting cut from the show anyway so i shaved for no reason look like a turtle and a whole new man for absolutely no reason at all but it was nice to get a little experience Diggs, when he shaves his beard every once in a while he'll just wake up feeling froggy you know i'm gonna shave it he's completely different human being gumpy 
I don't even know what would happen if he was going <laughs> no, here. I didn't, I didn't expect Travis Kelsey to have this big of a transition look, you know, without the beard. But this is classic white face situation here. This is can't shave the beard with some white faces. And, and I'm one of them. I think Travis is learning that he potentially is as well. He, he's, <laughs> he's a completely different man whenever he's got a little facial decoration on Yeah, him. I mean, that second picture is, you know, you, you fear that guy in the first picture. It's like, oh, this is every single dad in middle America. <laughs> this guy, uh, he's got his new bounces on just fucking go off the trip oh it's there's a, a model yeah. a yeah. Yeah. there's a model mm-hmm. that is a guy oh did this guy Jeez. just get off the tractor wearing his steph curry ones dude <laughs> mowing the lawn out there and no Steph. what is it look at this wow. guy you better watch your wife your girlfriend whenever this guy comes around he's got good wiggle he's a freak athlete he can dunk a basketball that guy right there listen you get 10 to 12 diesels in him he'll fight you that's right hey don't let old Trav get a little loose out there by the bonfire that ain't what we need to do with old Trav he is from Ohio by the way mm-hmm, true he is from Ohio classic guy he obviously yeah there and had to make the transition back he said it's only a matter of time before I get that beautiful beard back but I like the Travis Kelsey's you know He's a super fashionable. He always rocks aggressive looks. He said, what's your old face look like? And the internet was like, don't ever fucking do that again. And it was rude of the internet to do that, Trav. Hey, Trav, you do whatever you want to do. You want a bonfire, camp out, you do whatever you want to do, Dad. Boom, and reach out to your brother. Where's Jason Kelsey? It's time for Jason Kelsey to step up and shave his face and take the heat a little bit off of his brother because, man, people were <laughs> eviscerating that guy on the internet. I got on the internet last night. Travis Kelsey was trending. Yeah. I was like, all right, what happened? <laughs> then the first tweet I saw was like one of those random college athlete-like posts. It was like a random high school athlete. It was a picture of Travis Kelsey, and it said a high school in 1992 or something like that. And I was like, oh. Travis looked like a grown-ass man in high school. And then I scrolled down another one, and it was a black-and-white photo of him. I'm like, what is this? And then all I saw was just a burial. That oh, started. yeah. I was oh, like, no. oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. And Travis woke up and or maybe came out of a nap or went on to his Twitter and was like, what's going on? And he saw himself trying to eat like, what the fuck happened to me? <laughs> That's wild. He knew it though. As soon as you had cha- as soon as you shave it, you know it. AJ, you've never had a beard, so if you grew one, I think people would be freaked out. But my dad was a mustache guy back in the day. When he showed up one day without a mustache, it was like this is a new fucking human being. That can happen. Oh, it happens all the time. I have plenty of. I remember kids growing up. Their dad, same thing. They had it for twenty five years. Then all of a sudden, something happened. They cut it. And, you know, they have, like, the old farmer's tan where that mustache has been for 25 years. They look completely different. And then they grow it back in, like, 14 hours. It comes back to those guys. Poor Travis Kelsey. Okay, Travis tweeted this. Hashtag Mustache Mondays on August 2nd. So maybe this is why he did shave it all off. And it's all those guys with mustache. Mm -hmm. Can you zoom in on that thing? There's a way to go about it that you don't have. Oh, he's got the... Oh, that was the micro... I thought the mouse thing. I thought he potentially had the V for Vendetta. Ooh. The anonymous. Yeah. You know, the guy... Yeah, Clint Fox. Fox. Mustache looks good. Hey, the mustache looks it good. It does yeah. look pretty yeah. good. But he has to reset. Yeah, and they caught him at a bad angle on that other one, too. It's kind of like side yeah. of his face. Uh-huh. Uh, how you doing? Well, you're right, too, though. Can you imagine if he had that face and he was trying to rock some of those fits going on the planes? Like, he would have just had to wear jeans with an Under Armour polo tucked mm. into it. Like, yeah. that would have been the only thing he would have been able to wear to the plane. John Deere flannel. Yeah. Yeah, something like right. that. Right. Maybe a little dicky. Something. Right. That's literally all he could wear there. He knows it. He's going to be able Hey, it's training camp. You know, it's training camp. He'll be back on the other side with a beard, I assume. Wow. As a, he was probably so mad about Mustache Mondays. Mm-hmm. He said, guys, if we do Mustache Monday, that means at I'm some screwed. point I'm going to have to. <laughs> Come on, everybody's doing it. Oh, 
Does he look younger, you think? He looks just like Heath Miller to me. I think he's channeling Heath. It's going to be his best season to come. <laughs> Heath was a long-time Pittsburgh Steelers tight end, by the way, for those that don't People know. People know who Heath Miller Whenever is. Heath would catch a football, the whole place would go, Heath. He was a bruiser. He was a baller. But I'm not 100% sure if the name Heath Miller – necessarily rings a bell with a lot of people outside of Pittsburgh at this time, in this particular oh. world we're in right now. But you're right. He was a hell of a yeah. ball player. I mean, why? Is it just white guys that play tight end? It's just like them. just like them. Can't thank you enough for allowing us to penetrate your ear holes. The fact that you let us be a part of your day-to-day, I am eternally grateful for. I literally say it every single day, and I am literally more and more grateful every single day. The fact that you allow us, a bunch of dumbass stooges, talk sports in your world and hopefully bring a mental vacation, I am grateful as hell for. Hashtag in the pod squad. You all are the best. If you enjoyed this show, please be a friend. Tell a friend. If not, just tweet us and let us know what's up. You might be able to win some merch from old Ty Schmidt, depending upon how giving he is. Speaking of Ty, please play some independent music and propel these people into a beautiful Tuesday. We're back tomorrow with a big, big show. Cheers.